expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself, I can't afford to be. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. And Kyle today, it's just the two of us. It is. We're not going to do three and a half hours today. No. This will be quick. I don't if. know if it'll be quick. Two. I bet two. Yeah. It all depends how uh, passionate we get in, in mm-hmm. this. We're kind, of, uh, we're kind of passionate about this topic. Yeah, I think people like when we're passionate about something. I think more people are going to be passionate about this than... Than Maiden? Yeah. Yeah, because I think uh, people know this music. Yeah. Even if, no, no matter what age you are, you, you know, you kind of... see you, If you've been around for the last 55 years or so... You're familiar with, like, at least, like, five of these songs, for sure. Easily, easily. Because um, this topic is, of course, uh, James Bond music. Mm-hmm. Now, I did this topic way, way back. We did it on our seventh episode, because that episode would be 007. Mm-hmm. Uh, my co-host at the time was not that into doing this topic. And back then, the episodes were only about 40 minutes, and I think we each picked five songs, mm-hmm. the ones we liked the best. So we really didn't, I don't feel like we really covered it, and, and some people might not have even heard that episode. Mm-hmm. And but he brought all Charlie Chen music. He brought all Charlie, Charlie Chan, Chan music, yeah. uh, including uh, songs from Charlie Chan at the circus, <laughs> which is a big movie. So um, so anyway, we're doing James, we're doing James Bond. We're going to do... Uh, all the songs from all the movies, all the theme songs. We're going to, of course, go chronologically. What if we jumped all around? Uh, we're going to do the book order. So the second <laughs> one will be Live and Let Die. <laughs> but, um, and there's no co-host here today because I, I just didn't, uh, you know, it has to be someone that enjoys this. And there's no one, I don't, I don't think this is in anyone else's wheelhouse other than you and I. Yeah, maybe Siegel. Maybe Siegel, but he'd be like, ah, I've only seen two of these movies. <laughs> I hate Roger Moore. That's me. Before we get started there, let's throw it to the booth. Let's hear a little bit about Shure Microphones, the SM7B, and let's hear about that from our friends in the booth, West Anthony, with a little help from Steve-O Dockerson. This episode of the Rock Solid Podcast is brought to you by Shure, the company behind some of the world's most iconic microphones, earphones, and audio products including the legendary SM7B mic that we use to record Rock Solid. The SM7B offers perfect response for music and speech in all professional audio applications. Used to record Michael Jackson's Thriller album, engineers and artists continue to choose the SM7B for warm and rich vocals. And it also shines on just about anything you put through it, such as guitar, bass, kick drum, horns, and even as a hi-hat mic. For 93 years, Shure has been the go-to company for roadworthy superior sound. Every member of the Rock Solid Podcast is proud to use the SM7B microphone because we care about bringing our listeners the best sound possible. All right, big round of applause to West Anthony and Steve O'Dockerson in the booth. Thank you, guys. 
All right, let's get started. You can comment on the uh, on the album artwork if you want to. Okay. I mean, there's soundtracks, but you know, you can still do that. Okay, let's. What we're going to start with is one of the most iconic themes of all time. Mm-hmm. Going to be playing a lot. A couple of these tracks today, we're going to play a little more than we usually do because there's so many. I don't know if you call it changes or progressions mm-hmm. or. Uh, I don't, I don't play music, so I don't know what you call it, but there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of layers to some of these songs. Yeah. Especially, well, I guess we'll talk about it, but yeah. as they get later, they kind of do like homages to older yes, songs absolutely. within the instrumentation. Yeah. So, so we're going to start with the James Bond theme performed by the John Barry Orchestra and written by John Barry. So good yeah it's it's just great it the, just the intro to the the movie too is cool because it's like kind of like Saul bass influenced like it has like it's a, it's not like how we know bond intros now but it's like dots and then like it's just really cool looking yeah all the uh, all the opening uh, title sequences for bond movies are pretty great well, I mean, I don't remember them all off I the top of my head. I watched a few while I was doing this, just to because I was like, "Oh, there won't be album artwork." Maybe I'll talk about this. Some of them are, some of them are just like women dancing with like in front of a projector, and then like that's it. Like, yeah, what's wrong with that? You don't like ladies? No, but it's just like it's it's not exciting. It's like okay, I get it. I'm gonna be taking a, a lot of my notes. You brought notes today. You've got I like did. a whole thing. The pad. I've got, uh, I'm going to be reading some notes from a a two CD set. I highly recommend this for Bond fans. This came out uh, six years ago, 2012. This is Best of Bond, James Bond, 50 Years, 50 Tracks, two CDs. It goes all the way up to Quantum of Solace. And then you can, from there, I guess you just have to buy 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 Skyfall and then. That's it. Buy, yeah, buy, buy the other songs <laughs> as they're released. Uh, I have those other two songs on CD single. Ooh. I have to have a physical copy of everything. But, uh, but this is great. Uh, disc one is all the theme songs. And disc two is uh, some rarities and some cool stuff. And I'm going to play one of those uh, right now for our next song. This is also from Dr. No. And sometimes there'd be a, another song in the movie that would, you know, be prominent. Mm-hmm. And this song that we're going to play is by a woman named Diana Copeland, and this is Under the Mango Tree. Underneath the mango tree, me honey and me come watch. 
search for the moon Underneath the mango tree Me honey and me make boo-loo-loop soon Underneath the moon Now that means, uh, that's like Vodio Dodo, right? I think so. That means they're going to be, you know, or like in Captain America, the first Avenger, they're going to be doing some fun doing. Yeah. Yeah. As we're all talking about uh, body parts. There's four emojis, too. Yeah, exactly. Very good. That reminds me, I forgot to mention this up at the top, but yesterday I was like, it was two days ago I was out, um, we were like eating somewhere and this guy next to us was like, oh, have you ever heard that Suzanne Vega song, Luca? And he's just like, it's about some kid who gets beaten. All right, the guy might be missing the <laughs> point of that song. But like, I, it was just so weird to hear someone just like talking about it in public because we talk about it here. It was just like, it was like, What? A guy that's just heard it? How old of a person was that? He was like a little older than me. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the album cover art for the soundtrack of Dr. No while I turn the air conditioner off. Okay. Um, the soundtrack of Dr. No is just a, really just a picture of, it's like a publicity still of Sean Connery in a blue polo, like a periwinkle polo, uh, holding, I don't remember her name. Is it Ursula Andrus? Is that her name? I think so. Um, the woman from the, the bond from Dr. No. Yeah, that's and her. She's, um, she's scantily clad. Yeah, I think I she's, think in, she's in the, in the bikini that she yeah. wore. But they're the looking, they're looking, it looks like they got this taken at Macy's. Like they're like, they're like kind of in a prom pose. And then there's just like a weird, like just background. I guess it's fine. I understand that they were probably just like, let's put these two attractive people on here and hope that people buy this. <laughs> Because it doesn't look like a spy movie, or like poster right. or like album cover. It almost looks like a like a romance romance novel or something. I like it. I think it's retro. Nineteen sixty three. That's fifty five years ago. Great song. Great. Mm -hmm. The James Bond theme. You can't get better. Yeah. I mean, it's up there with the Mission Impossible theme. Yeah, I think so. The sixties Batman theme. Yeah. Even and though, even though that's a little more fun. You yeah, it's, I mean. it's iconic. I think it's they're, iconic. They're, they're, they're that the Spider Man theme. I love the Lost in Space theme. Dun, la, la, dun, 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 oh, yeah. dun. Do you know that one? Not as well as those other ones you named, apparently, but. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. No. Great movie. Great start to the series. Mm -hmm. You agree? It's been a while since I've seen it, but I would say yes. It's good. We'll, we, we're not going to rank the movies per se, but we might talk about it. Maybe we'll rank them by, um, maybe, maybe when we get through the Sean Connery, we'll rank his movies okay. and then move on. I don't want to do an overall ranking of the films. No. It's impossible and no one agrees. But I think, uh, I think it's easier to rank by, uh, mm -hmm. especially when we get to uh, Dalton and, yeah, yeah. and Lazenby. It'll be easy. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, From Russia With Love. We're going to hear the theme song. Okay. Performed by Matt Monroe from the movie Russia with Love, 1964, the year of my birth. From Russia with love, I fly to you 
much wiser since my goodbye to you. I've traveled the world to learn I must return from Russia with love. Now, that's very much of the time. Yes. This, it's almost like they didn't have enough money to, buy, uh, to pay Andy Williams to do this. Right. You're, so they got yeah, dime exactly store right. Andy Williams. Yeah. And, but he's good. It's fine. Yeah. He says Rusher at one point. From <laughs> Rusher with love. From Rusher with love. Um, that was composed by it, Lionel Bart. I don't know anything about that gentleman. Now, it, it's interesting because this is not the main title theme. They use the instrumentation. Yeah. But it's... Which is boring. Like, it would be better. Like, I think this is at the end. It might be, like, in the middle at some mm-hmm. point, too. But, like, yeah, they just use the instrumental version for the, for the intro, which it's not as exciting as the previous theme. Yeah. And I think they kind of realized that now, what do you think afterwards. Of, what do you think of this soundtrack cover? This is even worse than the last one. I actually like the last one. This one's literally a still from the movie. Yeah, which it wouldn't be bad because it's not a bad still to pick. It's, you know, it's, it's Sean Connery sitting there, like he's in the shadows. There's a woman less in the shadows and it kind of looks like a pulp novel cover where he's like, has his gun out, but it doesn't fill the whole thing. And it's a lot of wasted, a lot of wasted border. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. But again, for the time, I guess that worked. Yeah. It's of the time. It's like if you were to make a retro looking album now. Mm-hmm. They, you would make it look like this right. on purpose. Exactly. And from Russia with Love, great movie. Yeah, that one I don't remember that much. I know he has a jetpack, right? At some point. No, I don't think he has a jetpack in this one. I thought one. he had a jetpack for some reason. Uh, no, now it sounds like we don't know what we're talking about. Uh, Robert, don't have people on. <laughs> Robert, Robert Shaw's in this one? Uh, yeah, he's M, right? No, he's the villain. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. These, He's one of the henchmen. Oh Did yeah, you? well yeah 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 yeah. Well, I didn't watch all these beforehand. Don't comment then. Just go. Yeah, he's in it. Don't say. Don't get. I thought. I thought when I was watching the credits, it said Robert Shaw's M, but because I was like, oh, Robert Shaw's in it, but I guess I did. Robert Shaw's in it. Oh yeah, he's Money Penny. <laughs> he's Bond. We might have to start this over. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, here we go. Third Bond movie. And this is where we get our first iconic yes, theme this song. This sets the table for for what's to come. Yes, this is what when they when they try to get retro with it. This is kind of what they're trying to. Mm-hmm. And this is always what they're trying. Yeah, this was uh, this was written by Anthony Newley, mm-hmm. Leslie Briscusi, and John Barry. Anthony Newley, uh, he's like he was like a, an actor, and uh, I think he wrote uh, I think he wrote the Candyman. Hmm. And he might have been like a comedian. Like the horror movie, The Candyman, or the song, The Candyman? The Candyman. But this is Shirley Bassey making her first of many appearances behind the microphone Mm -hmm. for a Bond film. So let's hear Goldfinger.
cold finger Beckons you to enter his web of sin But don't go in Now this, this is the first one to reach the charts. Okay, cool. Rightly so. Um, it, number eight in the uh, U.S. Billboard charts and number 21 at the U.K. singles. Rarely do the U.K. and the U.S. agree when I was looking oh, through really? these. It's like, it's like for a long time, it, it takes a long time for anything to like get really high in the U.K. and those don't do anything in the U.S., which is funny. Uh, this is great. Sometimes I think when they're writing the lyrics... Mm-hmm. They don't know what the movie's about. That's true. But this, but this, even if they don't, this works. Like if yeah. they just said, look, the villain's Goldfinger. Yeah, sure. A spider. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but no, he's, that's because he's, he's a spider. He's luring you into his web to kill you. But yeah, I guess so. But I love he, he's the man with the Midas touch. Mm-hmm. A spider's touch, such a cold finger, beckons you enter his web of sin, but don't go in. Because if you do, look out. This is interesting. The, the actor that played Goldfinger, all his lines are dubbed in. That's crazy. Because you can't really tell. You can't tell at all. Like, I think he might not have even really spoke English. It's crazy. So but this is, um, Goldfinger, is a, this is such a classic. This is, this is up there. Like, and I think pretty much everyone agrees on like two of the movies. We'll get to one later. But mm-hmm. like, this is up there as like, if you're telling someone like, hey, watch a Bond movie you've never watched one before, this is the one you watch. This has, it to, this has, has to be, everything. This has to be in the top three of all Bond movies. Oh, easily. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it has the gadgets. It has like all the classic, like it has all the things that are now cliche yeah. because of this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know. It, it, in any recent movie, you know, from, from, from Piers Brosnan, all, you know, through, through uh, Daniel Craig, People go, oh, that's like an homage to Goldfinger. Right. I mean, yeah. Even if it's not, they'll go. Yeah. That seems like something that would be in Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this is this has got to be the number one Connery one. Yeah, without a doubt, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's got Odd Job. It's got a henchman who 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 has a crazy hat. Yeah, it's it's almost a shame because like later on they bring like when they bring Jaws back in another movie. Mm-hmm. That makes me be like, oh man, I wish they'd have brought like Odd Job back yeah. again. Yes, because he'd have been a good like re- recurring. Yeah. Since the Daniel like, Craig movies are, are sort of a reboot of the series instead mm-hmm. of just a continuation, I feel like they can bring some of these the, characters back if they choose to. They, there was speculation for Spectre, speculation <laughs> that uh, that uh, Dave Bautista was going to be an Odd Job like character. Uh, okay, but um, and I, then he really wasn't. All right. It's kind of a thug. And then George Martin's credited as producer on this, but he didn't oversee the session that was eventually used for the track. Hmm, interesting. He was Bassie's regular producer. What do you think of that album cover? Um, let me look at it. Um, it's, uh, it's okay. I like what they were trying to go yeah. for. I wish it was gold. What do you mean? Instead Why of black? It, yeah, it's like black with like orange and then like yellow font. This is this is how they did them back then. But I, I wish it was like all like the other one was all orange. Why couldn't this all be the all that yellow? 
and these these old album covers they like credit the score to John Barry and then they they always credit the title song as sung by blank and then they also give writing credits to the title song otherwise yeah. I think people would think that John Barry wrote all the songs yeah now this also has uh, a picture of the actress who in the movie they they paint her gold and they kill her yeah and and, they, I, and, and when I was a kid I always thought that they the, did the paint kill her or did yeah, they, I think, I think, I think gold paint doesn't allow the skin to breathe. And I think you suffocate. I think okay. that's, we could try that later today Yeah, on a random person, but pop Funko just released a, a pop Funko figure of the, of this woman. And I tweeted about it because to me it's, it's gross because it's not just that she's a dead woman. They killed her. She murdered her. Yeah, it's uh, like you said, like you said, uh, jokingly before we started to record, you're like, oh, yeah, here's your new Sharon Tate pop Funko figure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not. Hey, just, check it out. Here's a boat with uh, Christopher Walken, yeah. Robert Wagner and Natalie <laughs> Wood. And and there's only and one of those doesn't float. <laughs> ha ha. The old joke. What kind of wood doesn't float? Natalie Wood. So anyway, let's move on. So that so if you saw that tweet and were wondering what why why is he mad at Pop Funko? Well, I just think that there's a there's a million iconic things in Bond. That well, you like get, you said, the the octopus you want with where she has eight arms would be yeah, a great one from the poster. That would be cool. Um, there's a lot of strong women in Bond movies. I mean, look, I don't like Jinx, but come on, I mean, this, I mean, a, a dead woman is not cool. Literally any of the money pennies, including yeah. the, like that's my big thing with Spectre is because of Sky the beginning of Skyfall with Money Pennies in the field, mm-hmm. I kind of want just like almost like a buddy movie where it's like Money Penny and Bond almost the yeah. entire time like doing because she's awesome. She's awesome. We should we'll find her name later and give I think her credit. It's like uh Naomi Harris? I think you might be right. Check it out there. We don't want to give misinformation. Yeah. That's All right. Moving on to now this next movie, uh Thunderball. People love Thunderball but I do not. Thunderball is a snooze. I don't like it at all. It's a bad follow-up to Goldfinger, which is one of the greatest. It has one of the worst underwater, most boring fight scenes of all time because it's all, it's slow. Like when you you fight, fight, you can't fight underwater. You can't throw a punch underwater. No. You can wrestle. You could choke a guy out. I mean, I've done that. The sound effects, it's like they use one punch for every single punch in the movie because it's like, like every single time. And it's... Re- go back and rewatch because that's a really slow, long fight where it's just kind of them wrestling over a knife, but it's all underwater. It's boring. You can't. Let me ask you about this too, because well, let's hear play the song first. Let's. This is a a, a gigantic. Gigantic. That's not even a mm. word. That would be a, Va- a Bond villain. Gigantic. Gigantic. Uh, at the time, Tom Jones was huge. Yeah. Huge. I mean, he's still around. Sure. By the way, Shirley Bassey is 81. She's still around. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this is the theme song to Thunderball. It's called Thunderball. Let's hear it. Mm-hmm. This is one where I don't think he, he knew anything about the movie. I don't think so either. <laughs> he always runs while others walk. Oh. 
Do I have another cue point on this? Yes, you do. Yeah, let's hit this cue point. This is when Tom Jones uh, hits this uh, note that closes out the song. And then he passes out. That's what, that's what they say. So he strikes like thunder. Now, this is the movie where he has the jetpack, Kyle. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was thinking, you know, I was thinking because there's a they released a from Russia with love video game like within the past 10 years mm -hmm. and they had like some Thunderball stuff and like the big thing was like, oh, you can fight in a jetpack. So that's what in my head I was like, oh, is that? But yeah, this is the one where he has a jetpack. Now, here's my problem. Here's here's the thing about there's not a character named Thunderball. No, and it's the name of the it's the name of the the mission is called Thunderball, yeah. like that they uncover. But, so who's striking like Thunderball? Well, here's the thing. They when they were when they said, Oh yeah, the next movie's called Thunderball, they're like, Oh, well, the villain from the last one was Goldfinger, so this villain must be Thunderball. That's why I mean like no no one was like like John Barry's so close to this, you would think he would know. He had to have read the script, right? Kind of sounds like a curmudgeon from what I've read about. <laughs> well, he wasn't old at the time though, right? Yeah, I just think he was just a cranky person. So, uh, so here's the deal about this. The, uh, now I like, I like the song. It just doesn't, um, it's not, it doesn't have as much going on as no, it's got Tom it, Jones. It kind of just goes up and then just as like level and then just goes up again. And that's basically the song. Like you heard like the two, you know, yeah. the two best parts of the song and then everything else is kind of like a w underwater water fight. Now, the next song we're going to play, originally they wanted to bring back Shirley Bassey again. Mm -hmm. And she recorded a song called Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Because she, she thought that was the villain. And this, was, this, this again is written by um, uh, John Barry. Mm -hmm. And so uh, let's hear what, what could have been the theme to Thunderball. And he can soothe you like vanilla The gentleman's a killer Mr. Kiss, Kiss, Bam, Bam Damoiselles in danger I, the I think they made a good call. I don't know, though, because um, I, mean, I like Mr. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, though. I mean, that, this is a song about Bond, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kiss, kiss, too. Bang, bang could be, uh, you know, maybe yeah. that's... Mm -hmm. One of those bangs is a gun. Mm -hmm. And the other one, hmm. Mm. And almost when she sings it, it sounds, sounds the first bang sounds like bam. Mr. Like kiss, 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 bam, bang. bang. Listen to that back. It's, it's, you don't have to play it back, but to me, it's, it sounds like Mr. Kiss, kiss, bam, bang. 
It's not Mr. Kiss Kiss Bam Bam. That's a that's in the man called Flintstone. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's definitely a Flintstone reference. Did you uh, now? What do you think of that? Uh, you like Thunderball better than that song? Oh yeah. All right. I find, for me, Shirley Bassey, she's the opposite of Meatloaf. Where two two out of three are bad. Oh no. <laughs> Well, now we got four, so two out of four. Yeah, and I think she recorded... She did like a whole Bond album where she recorded a bunch of... Oh, like all the themes? Not all, but a good many. Look what could have been if you would have hired me every time. <laughs> she has done the most, though. That's true. All right, let's move on to... And no one's done it back to back. No. Unless you count like John Barry, kind of, but like no one's sung... No, no one's done it back to back, which is... um. Which is interesting, especially if, if they have success with someone. Yeah, you would think, well, we'll talk about it later. But you, I mean, if the actors are going back to back, who cares if you, the theme song is... You would is, think with, with Adele, that they, like, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was like, oh, Spectre's also by Adele, you know? What's difficult there is that was an award-winning song. So now you've got you've to be as good as you mm-hmm. were the last time, and that's tricky. Maybe... And Maybe they weren't, and they still won an award, so. Right, that's true. <laughs> All right, let's move on to You Only Live Twice. This was recorded by Nancy Sinatra. Ugh. Again, written by John Barry and Leslie Brucusi. Sure. I don't know if that could be a man or a woman. I think it's a man. Probably. Because in the, back, in the, back in the 60s, they would have never hired a woman to write one of these songs. That's what I'm assuming. But um, let's listen to Nancy Sinatra. It is a man. Is it a man, baby? Yeah, baby. Leslie's a man, baby. Now, rumor has it that this song was pieced together from over like 28 takes. They just couldn't get what they needed from Nancy Sinatra. Well, none of the Sinatras can sing. <laughs> Frank Jr.? Oh, okay. One. <laughs> hey, we, you have to jump back. I'm sorry. We have to jump back. You have to talk about this uh, Thunderball artwork because oh, it's stellar. I love it. Yeah, it's it, great. It's. I'm going to say this and it's going to sound like a, like a dig, but it's not. But it looks like a Hardy Boys cover. Oh, it kind of does. Yeah, it's like a painted book. And uh, to me... I would have done that, like I if they did that now for like the next Bond movie. That's what the single looked like. Mm-hmm. It would never, but that would be so cool. It's really cool. They're fighting underwater. It looks exciting. Yeah. Now go to the next one. I think the next one's kind of cool too. Yeah, the next one's cool, even though it's kind of just the kind of like the poster. Like yeah. it's they they took elements of the poster, and it's Sean Connery standing there with a gun, and he looks really cool, and then he just has a space helmet. He's holding a space helmet, which is just like. Hey, maybe we'll go in space, baby. Yeah, I guess that's more of a tease. And then he's just getting bathed by all these women. Yeah, super sexist. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like at a, an, they're all Asian women too, right? Yeah, it's like he's at a spa mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's seven women. Mm-hmm. 
and um, you only live twice. I I don't remember this movie that much, but I yeah. I know that after Goldfinger, I'm super lukewarm on these. Well, yeah, this on these. Uh, this Connery I can't films. really. Re- Some of these films have like very similar plots mm-hmm. that just kind of it they like mesh together. Yeah. And I really think, I mean, people always say how the Roger Moore films are campy, but I got to tell you, after, after Thunderball, the camp starts to come out in these, yeah. in these uh, Sean Connery films too. But as you said, Sean Connery's more... He's a little more charismatic, yes. for me at least, than Roger Moore. Roger Moore, he's like kind of frumpy and like he doesn't, he just doesn't seem like a... He doesn't seem tough. No, he kind of seems like your neighbor's dad. Yeah. Like Sean Connery seems tough. Yes. You know, he seems like, he seems like Bond. He seems like he would kill someone and then he wants to go out and drink and, and meet ladies and have one night stands. And, it, and Roger Moore seems more like he would, uh, he would be more romantic. He would uh, take you to dinner and woo you a little bit more. Where for, Sean Connery would just uh, throw you down. For me, James Bond is very similar in casting wise to like getting someone who can play Batman. Cause you, you have like the Bruce Wayne and then you have like the Batman. You yeah. have to have like the tough guy. Yeah. But you also have to be like kind of suave and charismatic. And that's hard to cast. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to cast. And I think, I don't think Roger Moore fits that. As a kid, I I like, I didn't like Roger Moore. Like I didn't, I don't and, like his mood. Like he doesn't have one stellar movie mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think he does have a couple stellar movies. We'll talk about that. But You Only Live Twice. This is one that I should revisit because to me, I can't really remember this movie that much it's like a isn't it like a, if you say he has a jetpack no no i think off. i think in the opening it's like a is it a ferris wheel or something that's in the opening credits that's the opening of this one is when he gets killed oh i meant in like the when the song plays there's like a because sometimes they use things that are later on but i can't mm. remember yeah, i can't remember we should have watched all these movies before recording this <laughs> That's okay. Do you have three days to kill? <laughs> Probably. All right. We're moving on to what is a movie that Kyle does not like at all. You know, I really want to rewatch this because as a kid, I didn't like it because I'm like, this isn't Sean Connery. Right. You know what I mean? But now I haven't seen it for a, a long, long time. This is one of my favorite. This is my, this is one of my top five easily. I love on her Majesty's secret service. And if Connery ever saw this, I don't know if he ever did, but if he did, in his head, he had to know that he dropped the ball by not sticking around for this. Because this one is, I love it. Well, and I can't recommend enough the, it's on Hulu only, but there's a pod, or there's a, there's a documentary called Becoming Bond that's about... George Lazenby. George Lazenby. It's, it's such a good documentary. It's really well done. It take, just forewarning, because it took me aback a bit, but they do some reenactments with people that you would recognize yeah and it, it at first it seems cheesy but just hang with it for about mm-hmm. 10 minutes and then you'll go oh okay i like this yeah now. and uh it seems like he's bullshitting but then the more it goes it's like oh no there's no way he would be lying about this no, and he's no. just like a he's just like crazy like he's a guy that just fell into things because he would just say They'd be like, you're not supposed to be here. And he'd go, fuck you, I am. And they'd go, okay, yeah. here's a script. Like, well, that's basically... One of the parts is he's a mechanic. And he looks across the street where they sell the cars. And he sees the guys all dressed up in nice suits. And they're hitting on girls. And they're selling cars. And they look like they're wheeling and dealing. And he's like, wait, I don't want to be a mechanic. I want to do what that guy's doing. And so he just kind of marches over there. 
and gets yeah. a job doing it. He just, he just, it is such a positive thing how this guy just says, I want to do that and I'm going to go do it. When they, when they hire him to be Bond, there's like, he tells a story where like the stunt guy comes up. He's like, so can you do stunts? And he just punched the guy in the face and knocked him out. Yeah. And then they just couldn't film that day. Yes. Like, <laughs> and doesn't, he doesn't, he, he doesn't have a suit for the audition, right? So he goes to, does he go to a tailor to get a suit he made? Fi- he finds out, they, they tell him, hey, when J- Sean Connery gets all his suits made at this tailor. Mm-hmm. So he goes there and he goes, I want a suit like Sean Connery. And they're like, well, that'll take three weeks. And then he's like, he's like, it's like, uh, there's one there that's for Sean Connery. Yeah, and he takes He just it. steals it. He steals it. And where's the audition? <laughs> it's one of those things like when they say when you audition, they say, can you ride an elephant? You go, of course I can ride an elephant. That's what he did all the time. He just said, yeah, I'll just say I can do they, it. They asked him if he could ride a horse and he just jumps on the horse, horse. bareback, rides it till it's exhausted, yeah. jumps off and goes, yeah, I can ride a horse. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. <laughs> but he, yeah, he, he went from like a mechanic to selling cars to being a model to being James Bond. And it's, then it's a little bit like a school of rock because he becomes a model because his roommate or the guy he was staying with was a model and was yeah. just out and he gets a call that was like, hey, we need you for a modeling gig. Yeah. And he just like goes down there. But after he's been James Bond, he doesn't want to do, he's done it. So he could care. Mm-hmm. He shows up to the premiere in a full beard. Yeah. And they're like, the producers don't want him to do that. They're like, no, you have to look like James Bond at the premiere. He goes, no, he does all the press in, in his beard. Is it on Johnny Carson where Johnny Carson says, now I guess you're excited to do another one of these. And he basically says, no, I'm not doing any more of these. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I wonder how many more he would have done if he just wanted to be Bond. He probably would have done definitely two, another well, they one. they talk about how they wanted to sign him for like six. Yeah. But they just, like, it was, it's something like weird where they just like, he wasn't under contract the whole filming of the movie. Yeah. So he could have like left at any time. Like, it's really strange. If you're one of those people that, that thinks you'd never like this movie, maybe because you didn't like him, after you watch this documentary, you'll be like, oh, I like that guy. Yeah, this really made me want to go back and revisit this movie. So. And there's a, he tells about a love story in it with his wife. It's really great. It's yeah. such a great documentary. And it's just, they just basically cut back and forth to him sitting in a chair talking and, and then to these reenactments. It's fantastic. Yeah. I loved it so much. So anyway, let's, um, now they went with, they did something different here because again, sometimes the titles of these movies don't make it so that you can, write a song. You can't write a song. I mean, I guess you could, but on her majesty's secret service probably doesn't flow off your tongue. Yeah. So they actually do an instrumental as yeah, the theme song, which is after having, you know, Oh, I think I forgot yeah, to I, mention Thun- yeah. I think Thunderball charted. Let me see here. No, it didn't. Um, but, but after, after having, having, you know, Shirley like Bassey and, and, and Tom, Jones Tom Jones and Nancy Sinatra, who was right. a name at the time. Absolutely. She was. They go back to the John Barry Orchestra to kind of maybe maybe it's because they were like, oh, this is a new guy. Yeah, so let's this have is a the new first theme. one. Let's right. start fresh, sort of thing. So, um, so here's the the title track, which is just, you know at the beginning of the credits. I mean, it's good. Yeah, it is good.
Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, if that would have popped up as the original James Bond theme, you'd still love that too. I think so, yeah. Now, this, uh, this has a couple other things in here I want to play. The next song is, uh, it's one of those songs that was in the middle of the movie, and it was sung by someone named Nina, just one name on, on my credits here. And this is called, Do You Know How Christmas Trees Are Grown? Christmas trees are grown, they need sunshine, sunshine can't grow Christmas trees alone, they need raindrops, raindrops can't grow Christmas trees. That's just one of those ones that's in the middle that I like. Yeah, where they're like at a party or something. This is, uh, Talisa Wallace plays um, Blofeld in this. Yeah. It's got skiing, it's got tons of girls. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a, it's a, uh, yeah, like when I see scenes from it, I do like it. So when I was the last watch, time you watched it? I only ever watched it the one time. My brother and I would watch the Bond movies and I think we watched, I think Goldfinger we watched first and then we went back and did like Dr. No from Russia with Love. But there wasn't, this, is, this dates me a little bit, but like there wasn't like, we couldn't look on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So Casey had like a Bond book a that book. we bought yes, sure. that had them all in order but then we kind of were at the mercy of whatever Blockbuster had at the yeah. time. So it was kind of like we would just get the next closest one. So if it was like Spy Who Loved Me. That's what you would get. And with. I think this was hard to find. Yeah. Like we might have had to buy this like on eBay, like a VHS on yeah. eBay. Because it's just, it was. All the reissues of the Bond films have been done exquisitely. I mean, if you own old VHS or old DVD copies, Go out and get, go to Best Buy. Yeah. They're cheap. The Blu-ray yeah, copies are even cheap. The, the steel books for a few of these. Like $9.99. Yeah, it's $7.99. They're nice. You get a digital copy. Yeah. You get the Blu-ray and I think the DVDs in there too. And I, think, I, think, uh, I think it was, um, uh, I forget who tweeted it the other day, but I think the whole box set up to Quantum is like 115 bucks. Yeah, which is pretty good for pretty 20, great. was it 22, 23 yeah. movies? Uh, this this is one of the rare exceptions where I've watched every single special feature on all these DVDs. Fascinating stuff. Yeah, they it's, I've seen some of those. I haven't seen all of them, but yeah, they're, they're cool. They like do like kind of like a thing about the gadgets yeah. and then there's sometimes they're just like, talking about what it was like and like oh like it rained all day and we couldn't it was like film on a set and it was definitely 10 years ago because we've been in our house currently for nine years that i watched them all back to back and like i watched the movie and then i watched every single special feature on Mm -hmm. that was there and then i moved on and and that would just drive my wife crazy (laughs) she'd be like what is this i'm like it's a james bond movie i thought you just watched a james bond movie yeah this is the third one how many is there i go just please just bear with me. Uh, this is what guys do. I don't think ladies binge more. I look, I don't want to be sexist. I don't find late, ladies seem to have more important things to I, do. I feel like there's, and maybe it's more of like a generational thing too, mm-hmm. is that because I, I tend to do this sometimes too, where I'd rather watch 10 episodes of a show in a row than like one movie. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm making progress, I making guess. Progress. Making progress at what? At nothing. At nothing. At nothing. Guys, we're stupid guys. Uh, one more song. This is um, Louis Armstrong. It's mm-hmm. the end credit theme. Yeah. It's kind of, um, 
it's kind of sad if you if you know what happens at the end of this movie. I'm not going to tell you, mm-hmm. but the song "All the Time in the World" is um, it's sad, but it's I pretty think if too. Louis Armstrong, if someone else sang it, I think it would be a little. I don't know. I, it just Louis Armstrong perfect for this song. Uh, I don't think so. No, you don't think so. <laughs> I think he's perfect. You're saying he's not perfect. Yeah. All right, let's hear it, and then we'll discuss this album cover. We have on the time in the world. Diamond of for life to unfold. All the precious things love has in store We have all the love in the world If that's all we have It also sounds like he's saying we have all the dimes in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's I don't think he's that great of a singer anyway. No, but he was iconic at the time. I guess. It's, it's like a guy that you can imitate, too. Yeah. I'm not going to try. It's early. Uh, this album cover's not good. No, they're like trying to hide the fact that it's not Sean Connery. Because it's like a, it's like a, sort of like a photorealistic yeah. sketch of him. But then the women good. are like photos that are kind of cut out and airbrushed. Like this, the movie poster for this is cool. But yeah, this, but this is they should it's just, just there's use like that. a crest. It's it, yeah, it's a lot of empty space too. A lot of these have a lot of empty space on them. Yeah. Thunderball's the best one. So Thunderball's far. the best one. This next one's not bad. Yeah, this is just like the poster, right? I think so. Yeah, or one of the posters. Okay, there's no way he's standing on that thing because his feet are not on either side. No, it's of it. ridiculous. It's like he's uh, floating in midair. <laughs> I don't even know what that thing is that he's standing. It's on. like a claw. I, I don't it's know. It's a claw. We're trying to describe the cover. We're doing a horrible job. Uh, okay, so they get they they get Connery back. Yep. They get Which, him back. And only because only because Lazenby doesn't want to move on. Yeah. He doesn't want to do it anymore. So they get Connery back. And um and they also get back, they say, Well, let's let's bring let's let's do this one right. Let's get Shirley Bassey back also. I don't know if it's Basie or Bassey. I think it's Bassey. I think so too. But I always want to say Basie. Also, let me tell you, the 007 logo where the seven is a gun is fucking amazing. Yeah. Right? Whoever, whoever made that and earned their money. And pretty much has stayed. They made it a little sleeker in yeah. the, in the uh, Brosnan era. Yeah, but it's, but it's, it's so perfect. It's really cool looking. It's right up there with Baskin 31 flavors where, where the, the 31 is the B and the, the, B. the part of the R. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Whoever, whoever came up with that those two guys deserve to be uh running yeah. the world okay here we go uh this is diamonds are forever mm-hmm. shirley bassey diamonds are forever they are all i need to please me they can stimulate and tease me they won't leave in the night I've no fear that they might desert me Diamonds are forever Hold one up and then caress it Touch it, stroke it and then 
This is one of those ones we had to wait until we got to that part. Yeah, and it's... I think this is a great one. See, I don't like this one because... because you're young. Maybe. It's just... It takes... It just seems like it's so long, even though it's like... Mm -hmm. Like, that was only a minute and 10 seconds we listened to, and it's It's felt like four minutes. The song's only two minutes and 42 seconds. I know, it seems just so long, because it's so long and, like, drawn out, and it's like, yeah, we get it. Diamond's cool, yeah. In parts of it... I don't think her voice is great in this either. It's it's good in some wow. parts, and in some parts it sounds like we are Siamese from Lady and the Tramp, where she's like, "Diamond," like it's just it's horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like this one at all. I don't. It's weird that we that um that it's nineteen seventy one though, and they're still doing. They haven't. We're coming up. It's gonna. They're gonna really turn it on its ear. Well. We're, <laughs> right in time for the eighties. No, no. <laughs> they they kind of stay in the decade for longer. Like it'll be like, and then and then they kind of then they're like, okay, they're in the times, and then they're like, no, 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 like yeah, yeah. And then they yeah, yeah I, I get what you know you're what saying. I mean. Okay, you want to rank you want to rank these uh, Connery songs? What's that? What's the number songs? One? Goldfinger. Goldfinger is the number one mm-hmm. song and number one movie. Yeah, of the Connery era. I guess number two, you'd have to go with Doctor No. Only because it's iconic now, but I, I don't, don't even. I'm not even including okay, that. That's okay, just, like, yeah, that's, let's not. That's of its own. The I James would, Bond theme is so. Yeah. So these themes, I would go Goldfinger, Thunderball. Okay. Then maybe Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, it's pretty great. Yeah. And then from Russia with Love, and then Diamonds Are Forever. I guess, well, Honor Majesty's isn't a Connery, but I guess we're just throwing it in there. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, we'll throw it in there. What about Diamonds of Forever? That's last. I don't like that one at all. You, wait a minute. You like, you, you, you <laughs> like, you, only, you, bad. Like, you like, you only live twice? Oh, I forgot to put that on there. No, that one's horrible. That one, yeah, that one's the worst one. <laughs> the, yeah, Diamonds Are Forever is better than You Only Live Twice. All right, cool. Right. But not great. I don't know if we did a good job on that. We'll do better with uh with the Roger Moore. Now let's. I I just want to say Roger Moore. I think Roger Moore, uh, until we get to Daniel Craig, Roger Moore has much 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 better songs. Yes, I. They definitely did more reaching out to the pool of people. Yes, and try tried to make it. Um, you know, tried to make it hip. Can we say that? Yeah, they they definitely went with they went in different directions, yeah. um, which we'll which we'll hear. But um, they also don't. No one's done it twice in a row, but they also never do more than two like rockier songs in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want to. They don't want to. For some reason, they don't want to turn off your 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 older crowd with some long haired rock and roll. Yeah. Which is, yeah. But this, this next one, this next one kicks ass. There are two camps for good bond songs for me. There's ones that are like good songs for the film. And then there are ones that are like good songs that stand apart from the film. Yes. And And this is the first one of those we have. 
for sure. And I mean, it's so funny, like when you think of the 60s, when they were making all those Bond movies, they never asked the Beatles to do one, or maybe they did. And it's weird because George Martin was like Shirley Bassey's producer. Yeah. And, and maybe they just thought we can't get the Beatles to do it. Or maybe they just were like, oh, like we want, like this is a classy film. This yeah, is like exactly. he's dressed in a, you know. Yeah, he's not one of those mop tops. Yeah. But there's so many artists from the 60s that you think they could have reached out to. And Rolling Stones. Yeah, like, I mean, so many. And then when you see who they actually reached out to, it's. And it's, that's a little bit of a continuing trend. When we get to like the 90s and early 2000s too, but we'll, we'll okay. get to that. Well, this one is from, this is Roger Moore's first film. Mm-hmm. This, this, the cover of this is, is great. Yes. I love it. This went to number two in the US, number one, or I'm sorry, number nine in the UK, nominated for best song at the Oscars, Grammy nominated for best arrangement of a company vocalist, which is a bullshit award. And uh, yeah, produced by George Martin, written by Paul and Linda McCartney and performed by Paul McCartney and Wings. Let's hear Live and Let Die. When you were young and your heart was an open book, you used to say live and let live. This ever-changing world in which we live in Makes you give in and cry Say live and let die Just had to get to that part because yeah. it's, the, the whole it's like it's like three songs in one, and well, yet it is it's to it's me, not a long song at all. To me, it's structured like a Bond movie, mm-hmm. where it's like you kind of have like the build up at the beginning, like some intrigue, and then there's like the big bomb basket. There's like a you know like a explosion. There's like a little chase scene sound in there. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of gets to this like buddy sort of yeah, yeah, area, yeah. and then there's like a little bit of like a love song bridge in the towards the end and then it ends really strong again so it's like it's really great now this movie uh, not good oh my god this movie's the best thing about this movie is that song it's really racist it's really the book racist is even more racist although a young roger moore looks fantastic mm-hmm. he's he's in shape he's thin and he's 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 good looking he's someone that the ladies probably liked mm-hmm. um but this movie sucks at the end the villain blows up like a balloon I, they shoot a thing and an air compressed thing at him, and he yeah. He, is it? It's Yafet Kato, I think, yeah. is the actor. I, this movie, Kenenga, is the villain. I do not like this movie at all. It's really bad. It's also strange because it's not my least favorite Roger Moore, but it, boy, this is though though when he goes to, he goes to get his like his fortune told, mm-hmm. and the tarot cards 
have 007 on the back, mm. which is really this is when bizarre. they start slipping in some more camp. Yeah, and it's... Or is that supposed to be like, oh, the fortune teller knows who he is? I don't know. It's don't like, know. well, some some company printed these with 007 on the back? Like, it doesn't make... Let, let me read this. When, when I read this statistic to you, this is how you're going to know that these films were such juggernauts in the day. The budget of this film was $7 million. Mm-hmm. $7 million. Okay. That would be like the budget of Juno now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Juno might have cost more. This movie made $161 million. That's crazy. I mean, that is insane. So, so amazing. That would be like if Black Panther cost like $15 million to make. Right, yeah. It's insane. <laughs> like, I, mean, I mean, it's just crazy. Okay, I want to play another song off of this uh, from uh, Live and Let Die. And this is, uh, this song is called Filet of Soul, New Orleans, slash Live and Let Die, slash Filet of Soul, Harlem Medley. It's the George Martin Orchestra featuring B.J. Arnois, if I'm saying that right. And it's just, a, it's just an interesting uh, little take on, on the theme song. And I, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. They use this in the movie, I believe. Yes, right? they when do. he's like walking around. Yep. When you were young and your heart was an open book, all you used to say, live and let live. But if this ever-changing world in which we live in makes you give it a cry, say live and die. I bet Paul McCartney thought that was really cool when he heard this. Yeah, it is cool. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, I like it. It's just, it's, it's a cool groove mm-hmm. and it's just, um, I had never heard it before, but that's one of the songs on best of bond, dot, 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 James Bond, 50 mm-hmm. years, 50 tracks. And um, I had never heard it standalone like this. Yeah, which is that's why I highly recommend this um, this two disc set. It's really great. Um, but that blows Diamonds Are Forever out of the completely out oh of the God. water. Live and Let Die. It, that's the best one so far. It's like the best one so far is classic. But this this is this it is just, on a whole other level. I mean, I don't know if it's because we're we we like rock more than other styles of music, maybe. But I mean. That kills it. And it kills it. It's, yeah, it's just like, it's crazy. Well, it has a lot of strings and like, mm-hmm. it's really filled out. Yeah, it's got, you could play, you could play the instrument, some instrumental pieces of Live and Let Die. You could play under the action sequences. You could lift it out. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know how they did it. And, I, and John Barry didn't write any of this, right? Um. No, of that song? Yeah. No, no, not of that yeah. song. That's Paul and Linda. And again, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, people might laugh. Linda gets a writing credit. Hey, we, you don't know that she might have come up with some, some the of the best le- lines the in it. Yeah, like, whatever. You know? You know, she could have just said, when you got a job to do, you got to do it well. You, you, you got to give the other fella hell. She could have said anything. Who knows? But obviously Paul felt that she did enough to warrant a credit. And it's also, it was also probably... Too, that they you know they were partners and collaborated yeah. and you don't know if you just did that to hey if something happens to yeah. me that you and the kids will be taking right, right, you know right. what i mean yeah. like sort of 
that too. But yeah, she might have, she could have very easily helped and stuff. Now, John and Yoko also wrote uh, a James Bond theme that was turned down. It was a, it was a kiss, 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 bang, bang. Kiss me, Bond. Kiss me, Bond. Kiss, 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 kiss me, Bond. Yoko Ono is in Isle of Dogs. Oh, is she? Is she one of the voices? Mm Mm-hmm. You didn't like that movie? I did not. I'm seeing it today. Tickets are already purchased. Mm-hmm. You don't think I'm going to like it either, do you? I'm, I'm looking forward to what you say. It's if How's the animation? Is fun. it like Mr. Fox? Fantastic Mr. Fox? A little, but they get a little lazy. All right. Well, let's move on with this. <laughs> we'll talk about this. Okay, let's move on to the next Bond film which is, and I think this came out the following year. Yeah, the, the, the following next year. year. This the is the shortest, year. well, no, no, it's not, it's not, because we had a tear where it was like 63, 64, 65. Then they started doing every two years, and now this is, Live and Let Die was 73, and then this was 74. Which I almost feel like they, they had to have shot him back-to-back or right at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe not at the same time, but just had been in production for, a full year to do two movies. Now this Roger is more. Now this is this movie costs seven seven million to make, but this one brings in about half of the other one. This makes ninety seven mm-hmm. million. You know why I think that is? Because Christopher Lee. No, because I think <laughs> Live and Let Die. I mean, not Live and Let. Yeah, Live and Let Die was not a good movie, and yeah. so and so now people aren't. So I don't know what people thought. Did they think, even though it made a lot of money, people were disappointed with it? I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good movie. All right, Man with the Golden Gun is a movie that I really, really like. I like, I love Christopher Lee. I love Britt Eklund. I love Maude Adams. I love Hervé Villachez is in it. I, uh, yeah. I really like this movie. Uh, yeah, this is one I kind of don't remember other than just like him putting that gun together with mm-hmm. like a bunch of props. Yeah. And but he's, he's got three nipples, Scaramanga. Oh, yeah. That's, that's weird. They always like, they kind of... Like I found this in the in the Dan Brown like Robert Langdon novels too. Mm-hmm. They always like to give the villain like a disability, which yeah. seems odd. Like not that they, not that like having three nip, but it's just like oh, you have like yeah. a birth like a deformity or like our favorite our favorite Bond villain Bloodcock. Oh, Bloodcock, yeah, he's, he's got cock, cock with it bleeds. <laughs> it bleeds when he kills people. His Bloodcock. Is that why Tom Jones passed out? He had too much blood in his cock. Oh, he had so much blood going to his cock. His Bloodcock. Um, what do you think of this, this, uh, this album cover, it incorporates the poster, but there's too much border around it. And that green, that, that green doesn't help. doesn't work at all. That should be gold at the bottom. It should be gold. Yeah. It's, but, um, but you see the golden gun pointing at him. Yeah. There's tons of girls and it's very, I, I liked what they did with the stylized seventies stuff. Yeah. With it's more. It's yeah. It's, um, there's a lot going on, but it yeah. works. If that makes sense, because it's like artistic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is uh, this song is sung by Lulu. Uh, she sang "To Sir with Love." Now, I don't know that in 1974, worldwide, Lulu was a sensation. I don't. I mean, like, why? Why not Stevie Wonder, or you know what I mean, or someone? <sighs> yeah, it just feels like Lulu is not a good choice. Yeah, I mean, and coming off the heels of. Live and let die. I know it's like this is a real. This isn't. 
And Live and Let Die is a great song from a not a good movie. And for me, this is a, a bad song from a good movie. So let's hear it. <laughs> it, feels, it feels repetitive of other songs. He has a it's also all about his penis, right? Probably. So he just has a tan penis. I've heard enough. I just there's, there's a part where she says he comes before he kills. Oh no, which is real gross. Really? Yeah. Oh, and who wrote this? One? I read where they like they they perform this on TV and they put like a a thing beforehand was like this has some raunchy language. So if you have kids at home, cover their ears like. This was written by John Barry and Don Black. Yeah, this see, is not good. This is why I don't think John Barry, I think he's peaked and yeah. doesn't, because he, he's back in the fold now. He sees how successful Live and Let Die is, so he's back in the fold. And it's just generic. It's yeah. forgettable. It's forgettable. It has the same problem as You Only Live Twice, which they're forgettable. He's got a powerful weapon. Shut up. It sounds like an like now... I mean, I know it's obviously a parody of this, but now it sounds like an Austin Bowers song. Yeah. Well, do you know, now this might be something you don't know, or maybe you do from your research on this. Someone submitted a song for I this do movie. Know this, yeah. And it's called, it's not The Man with the Golden Gun, it's just Man with the Golden Gun. Mm -hmm. And this is Alice Cooper. Mm -hmm. Let's hear this. better is that though than Lulu. It's, it's better than that but it's still not a good theme for me because it's just too again it's still it's just repetitive and it's not like if that opened a movie it's better than the lulu one for sure but it's just not a it's not an exciting movie opening for me yeah i'm surprised that it didn't uh was was did did the people who were making the Bond movies like was Alice Cooper just too out of the box for them? Even Maybe. though he does a great job of keeping this song, yeah, I think he purposely pulled it back to kind of yeah, and was probably like, hey, Paul McCartney and Wings can do this. I wonder, you know, like I bet we we could record a song. Let you me know? read this lyric though to you. This uh, this lyric from this song: "Demand for the golden gun. It's high priced, precise, and true." That's yeah. a pretty great lyric. Yeah, it's it's a way better. He's got a powerful uh -huh. weapon. Yeah. What a, like what a cheese fest after that. Just sounds like a lounge singer. Oh, it's fucking awful. It's like someone making up. Hey, do you guys like James Bond? <laughs> like, like they wrote they wrote that song like in three seconds, right? Yeah. Um, and Alice Cooper, to his to his benefit, he's like, I love this song. This is going to go on my album Muscle of Love. So suck Which it. Came out the year before. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
Let's move on. Okay. This this is this is top five, probably top three. Of you're saying good, right? Yes. The look on your face, I didn't know how you Oh were no, go. no, no. This one's this one's great. This is written by and stands alone. Stands alone, and this is a great Roger Moore film. Yes. This is a great one. This is the first great one. Like I said, I like Man with the Golden Gun. A lot of people don't. I like it. I'm not saying it's mm-hmm. the best. But this one, I will say, this is our first great Roger yeah. Moore film. And I think, I think among Bond people, if they had to pick one Roger Moore Bond movie that they yes. like, they would pick this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like another one better than this. We haven't got to it yet, but... This song was written by Carol Bayer Sager and Marvin, sorry, Marvin Hamlish and recorded by Carly Simon. Carly Simon in 77 was, you know, mm-hmm. pretty big deal still yeah. in 77. And, um, and, and, she, and she works the song. The, the song title is not the movie title. It's not. But they say the movie title. Yeah, and it works. Like Heaven Above Me, The Spy Who Loved Me is, is yeah. it's keeping all my, what's the lyric? Uh, Secrets safe tonight. Is that yeah. what it is? We'll find out. Let's hear a phenomenal theme song. Nobody does it better. Her voice to Lulu and Nancy Sinatra. Well, I just want to jump to this. Okay, this other cue real quick sure. because I love. Well, you said it about her voice, and this is. Uh, I love how I love how like it's just like little things like this that just make her a better singer all around. It's the way she sings this line. Just like. Just like that, like where she does that, like gruff, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so great. It's like varied. It, she's she's a good vocalist. She's a great vocalist. Yeah. I, so yeah, this went to number two on the Billboard charts. It didn't chart in the UK. All right. Maybe she wasn't a big deal in the Maybe. UK. Uh, got Oscar nom for best song and best soundtrack. That was the first wow. time the the uh, Marvin Hamlish was a big deal back then with uh, composing. And then uh, Golden Globe nomination. Grammy nomination for song of the year and best pop vocal and didn't win anything. It's surprising. It's really a shock. Yeah. But, um, so Roger Moore is killing it now back to back with two great theme songs. What? Roger Moore movies are killing it back to back. Back to back. I mean, man with the oh, I'm sorry. Anything. Sorry. Screwed up. He's killing it with, he has two under his belt, two great ones under his right. belt. Right, yes, yes, yes. He's two for three. So like, oh, hey, we got this, we got this going. Who should we call? 
I know. What's going this on? This is the laziest. This is the worst. This one sucks. This one because, sucks really bad. Because some producer was like, hey, I bet space sounds like this. And here we go. You know what? Surely bad. Like, this is where she's not good. Like, how David and John Barry. But I mean, come on, give John Barry a fucking break. Do they have a contract with him where he has to do like every other one? Yeah, because he's because they prove now that the the last most successful ones were the ones he didn't write. Yeah. So now look, throw his ass in the street. Now look, that guy's great. He wrote the James Bond theme. He's yeah. amazing. He's gonna make money off that. Yeah, but let's he doesn't have to write all these theme songs. No. Also, by the way, Spy Who Loved Me was made for 14 million and it made 185 million so it's it's the top grossing at this point right uh well i didn't i didn't really look at what the but well the connery ones made of the of the roger moore ones for sure so it made more than live and let die yeah but then this one's gonna top it mm-hmm. um okay so the themes the song is moonraker what I don't even. What is Moonraker? Is Moonraker the name it's of the, the? It's like the. Um, isn't it the satellite or the the space? It's like the thing that's gonna like shoot and kill everyone. Isn't that what it's the Moonraker? I yeah. think so. I but just. They, but they also don't know what this movie's about. They're just like, yeah, space. Yeah, and, and they might think that's his name. I don't know. And so. this is where Moonraker is when they bring back. Uh, they do this for the first time ever. They bring back a henchman. Yeah. People love Jaws so much. Because he's in... Spy Who Loved Me. Yes, that's right. And so, so, he, he's, and so he's also in this. And I, th- I th- thought that was kind of cool. And he's a good... Vi- like, if you're going to bring back a henchman, it's not Oddjob. Like, yeah. Oddjob's the first one yeah. that people remember, and then him. Like, if they, if, if they brought Jaws... If they had an actor play Jaws, and I don't know what, who, what actor would play Jaws in a new movie... He'd probably be someone from the WWE... Like but Roman Reigns or someone. But someone who doesn't talk. He doesn't have to talk. He just has to be imposing and have these. And just think what the teeth would be like now. Well, they would they, be like probably razor like his, sharp. His, bat, his whole jaw would be metal or something it crazy. It would pop off. But yeah. it would be very, it would be amazing. And people, like you wouldn't even have to call him Jaws. When people saw that character with the teeth, you, everyone would go, fuck, that's supposed to be Jaws. It would yeah. be fucking great. Yeah. Okay, let's listen to, let's listen to this fucking shit song Moonraker oh it's in there in space you hear you? oh it's so terrible why do you hide where is that moonlight train that leads to your side just like the Moonraker goes in I can't take it. Uh, it's such a sissy song. It's so terrible. And it's, such, it's such a wimpy song for a James Bond movie. Like, look, Carly Simon's song is not wimpy. No, it's tough and it's it's a love song, but it's tough and it's like it rocks and it's... This, this is just 70s garbage. This is garbage. And this couldn't have done. This didn't chart. No, There's nothing no, happened not with this. Um well, let's hear this is uh this is someone from a future Bond movie joining in on Shirley Bassey. What do you mean? Where is that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it's uh, it's Benicio del Toro saying honeymoon. I cut it in. <laughs> This is, yeah, this is what he here, here's the full here's the full clip. Wow, you went to a lot of work. Don't worry. 
We gave her a nice honeymoon. <laughs> he says it like the same, like moon. Oh, so stupid. Moonraker, a gigantic budget, thirty-four million dollars. They shot they, it all in space. On they had location. all that space stuff, uh, and it made two hundred and ten million dollars. So that paid out off. I don't. I don't dislike this movie. No, it is. For me, it's like this is this is one of those movies where like now they kind of it's this sort of the same script as uh it's sort of like octopussy's kind of the same script as this it's just like yeah moonraker's in space and octopussy's on a boat like yeah. but otherwise they're kind of trying to do a similar mm -hmm. i guess all james bond movies boil down to that but it's like really like beat wise is the same sort of like this this the yeah. like and uh, I don't remember this one as much. Well, this is, I, I, I said it a, a couple uh, episodes ago. This is the first uh, movie I went on a date. Oh, okay. To see Moonraker. Um, I, I do like this album cover. I like, I like, the, I like the, 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 the style of the artist who does these. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised with like Mondo and things like that, that they haven't released for the newer movies posters in these styles. Yeah, I agree with you. And so, yeah, it's, this got some red border around. I don't mind this album cover. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's, it's, like I mean, no one pulpy. bought, no one bought this album because no. it's terrible. <laughs> I don't like incidental music, by the way. Like I could not buy a soundtrack for a Bond movie and anything that's, I like lyrics. So I can't, I have to really like the music and notice it in the movies yes. for me to buy it. So like, I really like, um, and I like it if it's a little more electronic. So, I, I mean, obviously, I, I like the the Trent Reznor stuff he's done, but I don't really ever listen to... I only really ever listen to the Social Network one. I don't ever pull out, like, Gone Girl or, you know, uh, or uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, yeah. really, because it's just... I don't like that music, but I like the, the Social Network one. I like the Tron Legacy soundtrack by Daft Punk, I think is great, but... Beyond that, like, I don't really, unless I notice it, you know, there might be one or two songs, but. Yeah. I guess for me, I don't know where to listen to that. I mean, I guess at home, I wouldn't listen to that in the car. No, I usually listen to it while I'm like doing work. Cause mm -hmm. then it's like not, it's not, it's just kind of just in like the for, background, but it's like, like enough you know, to like. Like some ambiance. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, 1981. This is for your eyes only. Now. I want to say that this is the first time that in, in an opening credit sequence, the actual artist who performs the song mm -hmm. is in the opening credit sequence. Yep. And her name is Sheena Easton. And she was a big deal at that time. She had a, a bunch of hits. So this is logical mm -hmm. that she would do this. This went to number four in the U.S. and this it had was, an this Oscar nom big. for a best song. This is a big, this is big. Uh, this was written by Bill Conti and Michael Leeson. Bill Conti was famous for doing the Rocky soundtrack mm -hmm. and, and tons of other stuff. And so I like this song a lot. Like, I think if this would have followed, like this song should have been the type of song to follow Carly Simon. Well, yeah. Cause it time period, it would have been right because this is just like, Hey, it's 81. Do you think disco's coming back? <laughs> Here's this song. Let's hear for your eyes only. For 
It's fine. It's way better than Moonraker for sure. It's better than Moonraker. It's better than Lulu's Lulu. Man with Yeah, Golden yeah, Gun. yeah, yeah. This would rank third right now. It's Live and Let Die. Yeah. Spy Who Loved Me. But those are those are neck those and neck. Are, those, those could easily. Neck neck. I would not argue either no, way if you threw either one. And then this. And yeah. And then Man with the Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. And then Moonraker. Yeah. Moonraker's probably going to stay last. Yeah. There's another. There's another song I might put underneath it. But okay. Moonraker's really bad. Uh, what do you think of this album cover? Um, I, I, it's just the movie poster, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's fine. He's just in between a lady's legs. It's basically, what do you think of that ass? <laughs> Check out that ass, right, Bond? I don't like the weird border. It's just red yeah. that says 007 a bunch over, of times. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Now, this, this is my personal favorite Roger Moore film. I think this got back to basics. There's not a lot of camp in this. There's not a lot of... Uh, this is one of those... I don't, there's not a lot of gadgets either. Like, he uses what is at hand. Like, he doesn't He doesn't have, like, a laser pen or glasses that yeah. shoot a bomb or whatever. And I don't... I don't remember this at all. Like, I don't... Rem, I know I've seen it, but I don't remember this one. This is kind of like you only live twice in the fact that I don't remember it. The opening credit sequence for this is the one where he scoops Blofeld up and drops him yes, in, in the smoke snack stack. With, like, with a helicopter. Yeah, and that's a little campy, but then the movie isn't the same tone as that opening mm-hmm. sequence. That's what I love about these Bond movies too. These opening sequences are really cool because it's usually something that he's usually finishing up a mission or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of do that in the newer Star Trek movies a yeah. little bit too. Yeah, they and, do, uh, right. And the, the Mission Impossible, there's a few that kind of mm-hmm. do that. Um, but I think, and a lot of these new superhero movies too kind of do that yeah. now, which I think is helpful because it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, you get to see, you know, who like you get to see Captain America doing a mission before they introduce right. sort of the plot because yep. that's what you want to see. So uh, before we continue, we have to play the band Blondie submitted a song mm-hmm. and because I guess the producers really wanted Blondie, but they kind of really only wanted Debbie Harry. They didn't really want the band. Mm-hmm. So and then they 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 then they kind of wanted Blondie to do the song that Sheena Easton did. And they said Blondie just said no. Well, yeah, because it's why would you write one and then right. Hey, perform this because look, Sheena Easton's not going to do one. That's as good as Blondie's version of their own, and she, right. they're not going to do yeah. one that's as good as she needs. Let's version, hear. So. Let's hear. And this is uh, from the Blondie Hunter, the from the Blondie album, The Hunter, which isn't a great Blondie album. It's the last one before they before they broke up. But let's listen to "For Your Eyes Only" by Blondie. Shoulder, I'm trying to read 
So not a bad song. No. And it, 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 it's, like, it's like what Alice Cooper did. They captured the Bond element, mm-hmm. and, but they made it their own. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I still like Sheena Easton's song. Yeah, I think that one, I think they have a winner with that. But yeah, the, but this is not, but if this would have been the song, we never knew Sheena Easton, I would have been fine with this. Yeah. All right, we are moving on to... So now, now they go back to the sort of the same Shirley Bassey type style of yeah, the Rita song, Coolidge. Rita Coolidge. And now at the time, I, I don't think Rita Coolidge was a major, I mean, she wasn't at the height of her recording powers. And because I was very surprised, even in 83, I knew I'm like, Rita Coolidge, mm-hmm. that's an odd choice. Uh, Tim Rice, great yeah. lyricist, mm-hmm. uh, done a lot of Broadway stuff and he's done stuff with Elton John. And you can't really work the title of this song, of no. the I mean, of the movie into a song. No, you and can't. You just. I remember, I remember by when we had to buy tickets for this movie, and I was probably a freshman in college. And one I was, for eight pussies, please. I was just like one, one for the new Bond. <laughs> like I didn't even want to say like octopussy. I well, remember uh, which one, sir? I don't. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy title. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, they would never be able to get away with it now. I don't, they would never call a movie Octopussy. No. So. Um, this is a... This song's called All Time High. And it's the lowest charting uh, song. And yet I don't think it's the worst song no, at all. No, no. I actually like this song. Mm, I, I don't. I'll tell you my opinion. Okay, right let's here. hear it. All Time High by Rita Coolidge. All I wanted was a sweet distraction for an hour to had no intention to do the things we've done funny how it always goes with love when you don't look you find but then we're two of a I don't, I don't mind them. I mean, it's not a Bond song. Here's what I don't like about it is there's that build, there's that musical buildup of like, okay, she's singing here, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they have the drums and then it's like, all right, she's going to belt this out. Mm-hmm. And then it just stays at the, she just stays at the same level the whole time. So yeah. it's not, there's no going there's, up. There's no like, Carly if Simon. If it was just like Goldfinger, yeah. like the whole time. Like there's no Carly Simon no, changes. And and even though there are musical changes, she just sings it's straight and that's what's it's just boring is in it, that way is it better than moonraker oh absolutely is it better than lulu's man with the golden gun yeah okay so it's, but but i still don't like it gotcha <laughs> octopussy's not a bad film and i used to think it was because i know he, i think he runs across crocodiles and, and some stuff but um i was working with a guy once at a job who's it was the biggest bond fan i i've ever met and i said i was like oh octopussy's the worst he's like and he brought it in the next day. He's like, please watch it tonight. He goes, you'll, you'll change your mind. And I did watch it. I'm like, next day, I said, yeah, that wasn't what I thought. 
yeah. was. This is this is one too. Like there was a. This is like I don't remember a lot of the Roger Moore ones for some reason because I think like I think those ones we just kind of watched once mm-hmm. and we didn't own them. Like that was the other thing too. Like we owned Goldfinger, we owned Doctor No, we owned some of the later ones, but like we didn't. I don't think we we maybe had Man with the Golden Gun, maybe Spy Who Loved Me, but I don't think we had yeah many Roger Moore. It's an Moore age ones. thing too. Like guys that are my age, Roger Moore was your James Bond. Mm-hmm. That was the guy we 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 loved. Mm-hmm. And um, my James Bond um, viewing partner was always John Gallagher, uh, who's still my friend. He was in my wedding. He's still my friend. And um, yeah, we, we love going to see James Bond movies. So we're moving on. Now they, um, here's what they're doing now. Arguably the biggest band in 1985, one of the biggest bands is Duran Duran. So yeah. man, if we can get them to do a Bond theme, let's do it. And this song is credited to every member of Duran Duran, so Duran Duran, and John Barry. But I think John Barry only gets a credit on this because I think they use some elements of, of, of incidental music he scored. Yeah, they use a lot of elements. They do. I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Winslow had a credit on this. There's some sounds in here. Now, this, this movie blows. This movie is fucking terrible. This is the worst James Bond movie. This is one where I even, I remember watching as a kid and not liking like that's, that's how the, bad it is. That's like when the it's, thing. You when knew- you're like ten, and it's like yeah, it has the elements, but it's just like he doesn't look like James Bond. He's really he's out of shape. He's uh, too old. Yeah, because he kind of his hair looks gray in parts, and then it's like dyed. I think yeah. I remember his his hair being yeah. weird. Or don't he be, has a weave or something. Don't be fooled by the uh, by the album cover and the poster. That's not how Roger Moore looks in this film. No, and there's I remember there's a blimp. And it takes place in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and uh, Max Zorin is that uh, Christopher Walken's yeah, character? Christopher Walken. He basically in it. plays the same person that he then plays in uh, Batman Returns. Grace Jones is in it, and I think yeah. her henchman is Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, it's a there's a lot going on, and the uh, the Bond girl is what is her name? She was in the last season of Charlie's Angels. And let me look. Hold on. Someone's screaming at their. I know someone's screaming, but we hey, look. I I can't remember everything. Um, is it Tanya Roberts? Tanya Roberts, and she's not a great actress. It would have been Roger Moore should have gone out with Octopussy. It's it's a good movie. It's not his best. It's not his worst. This was a bad one to go out on because it's just it's just not good. It's yeah, it's really it's really bad. Okay, so they get Duran Duran to do. They decide to go. With a with a band, is this the first? Now, is this the first like legit? I guess first, you could argue Paul McCartney and, and wings. wings, right? But I still, it's Paul McCartney and mm. Wings. So this is the first time they use really a band. So let's hear a view to a kill. Do you know? 
Okay, now before you before you comment, tell us how this did on the charts. Tell us. Well, this this was a gigantic song. This was a huge hit. It went number one in the U.S. This is the first number one Bond song. Yes, and it went number two in the U.K. And and, and so, like you said, they usually don't. Yeah, meet, they usually but, don't agree. But Duran so. Duran was a worldwide smash success. Mm-hmm. They're in the video. There's there's a video for this where they incorporate clips of the movie with the band members. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there were videos for any other songs before this. I think this is the first one that had a music video because Duran Duran was mm-hmm. a music video band. Yeah. So that's probably one of the reasons why this went to number one. Yeah. Because girls and guys like Duran Duran that could care less about James Bond and Roger Moore went out and bought this mm-hmm. song. Now, I think it's a good song. Um, I think it's of the time. What are we in? 1985? Mm-hmm. It sounds like 1985. Yeah. Um, I don't like this one at all. Not, not, but, okay, keep going. Because it sounds, and I don't know any of, this could be wrong, completely wrong, but to me it sounds like they had an unfinished song called Dance Into the Fire. Maybe they did. And then they just added two James Bond parts because it doesn't even match. Like, the beginning part is great. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you hit that stupid ass chorus of dancing in the fire, it's a different song. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I don't like. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, this is good. And I'm like, Oh no, this is, this is terrible. Cause then they just literally for the rest of the song, repeat dance into the fire over and over and over again. Let me ask and you And it doesn't something. make sense. Is it better than Moonraker? Yes. Is it better than Lulu? Yes. Okay. Well, but, at least it's not the worst. But no, but I just don't, I don't like it because it starts out great and then it just completely turns into a, a, what sounds like an unfinished song to me. Okay, let's rank because I think, I think we're going to, I think we're going to, I think we're going to nail this. Yeah. Live and Let Die. Live and, and Let Die and slash. Nobody Does It Better are e- in, in, in the top slot. Either or. Yeah. Followed by, For Your Eyes Only. Mm-hmm. Followed by. All time high. Mm, yeah. Yes. Now I would put I would put Duran Duran up there, but we're trying to get some agreement in there. So I would put that above Lulu for sure. Okay, we're saying the bottom two are are Moonrakers at the bottom. Oh, it's the worst. Then Lulu, Man with the mm-hmm. Golden Gun, and then that's where you and I differ. But but I, the top slots are definitely for you and I are Live and Let Die slash. Um, Spy Who Loved Me, and then For Your Eyes Only. Mm-hmm. And then I would put Duran Duran next, but I think a lot of people would put Duran Duran maybe at number one, but I, I would disagree with that. I would, yeah. I would argue for our number one choices over Oh yeah, well, look, look, which ones have you heard in the last 10 years? Yeah. Well, you played live, anywhere. Live and Let Die all the time. Yeah. So, okay, we're moving on. We are moving on to The Living Daylights. Mm-hmm. This is the first movie with Timothy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Timothy Dalton is back to what we know of James Bond, the Sean Connery era James Bond. Yeah. He's um, he's tough. Like you believe he's tough. I he gets a bad rap, I think, 
but I like him as James Bond. I think people do like him. These two movies just are not great movies. They're not great. They yeah. They each have elements that are mm-hmm. that I like. Yeah. And then you know, like I mean, some of these some of these other ones were too. But The Living Daylights is based off of a short story, mm-hmm. so it's not even. I think they kind of just take the title and maybe like two elements and the yeah. rest of it just is kind of fluff. And then um, this was the this was the era of of AIDS, and so he he didn't like sleep around like he did in the other mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, I think he's monogamous. In yeah, this they one. were kind of they kind of did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but this uh, this cover is great Dalton, too. The, the um there's the, there's like a woman in a white dress and she has a gun but he can't see it but he has his gun raised at her he's in the background yeah I love the I love this uh, I love this uh, movie poster although that doesn't quite look like that's his body no no it doesn't that's his head but maybe not his body it always seems like when they change bonds they put him like real far back on the poster yeah. in hopes that you don't notice that it's yeah. a different James Bond I like the title of that movie The Living yeah. Daylights um but yeah for some reason. For some reason, this movie's not great. No, they they slide down a ski slope on a cello case at one yeah, point, and that's that's Roger Moore type stuff. Yeah, it's really it, this one's pretty campy at times. Yeah, and 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 Dalton's not a camp actor. No, and it's yeah, it's it's hard. He's good at the Bond parts, and he's not good at the really yeah. campy. Stuff. They did not utilize what they had well enough with him this should have been this should have been a straight up daniel craig complete reboot after roger moore yeah and and if if so i think timothy dalton would have been there for five six seven films because Mm -hmm. um the other thing is in in license to kill his hair starts to recede yeah (laughs) and you can it's noticeable and but, his hair, I don't know, he probably has some work done. His hair now looks good. Yeah. But it is really noticeable. It's noticeable. And, like, that, and like he kind of slicks it back at times. I don't know what's going on. And License on. to Kill, we've talked about this, the film quality of that. It looks like they shot it on VHS. It's terrible. It's terrible. It has a completely different look. Like, Living Daylights looks like a big screen motion picture. And the Living Daylights looks like... Or you mean in, License to Kill? Living Daylights looks like a big screen yeah, yeah. motion picture. License to, to Kill looks like a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, it's really weird. And that's a, a detriment to a, a superior mm-hmm. film. License to Kill is superior. But now, there was a band called AHA. They're still in existence. They still do stuff. They had a, a gigantic MTV hit, Take On Me. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other other music, but this video was groundbreaking, and it was everywhere. I've gone on record as saying I'm not a fan of Take On Me at all. But they throw, they throw the living daylights to them, and this is composed by John Barry, and this is, uh, I think, the lead singer from AHA. His name is Paul Wachtar. I don't know how if I'm saying that right. Here's the thing for me. It's 1987. Man, you could have got U2. You could have got so many yeah. bands well, to do this. My thing with this song is that I think lyrically, like lyric content-wise, mm-hmm. it's a more it sounds more like a bond theme than a view to a kill yeah i think performance wise is where it suffers where it's yeah. like if you got i mean not like they're as big as you two or anything but if you had toto do this song i think it would <laughs> just the way it is right. i think it'd be a way better song yeah. 
I think it's it suffers because it's aha. And, and I don't I don't dislike this song. And I think John Barry only gets a credit also because they use elements. Yeah, yeah. And that that's this is kind of where it mm -hmm. starts to become that theme yeah. where I mean even Live and Let Die used similar elements, but this these are where they're like starting to actually like pull sections of the original Bond theme or some of the older themes to kind of, you know, evoke the feel. Well, let's hear it. not terrible it's just not um, yeah it's it's the the performance is worse than the the song itself you know yeah now the soundtrack for this song includes two other songs by one of my favorite bands pretenders mm -hmm. and in my opinion these these are both far superior songs yeah to that. We've, we've talked about this a few times yes. in the show where so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna highlight these the first one is where has everybody gone written by john barry and chrissy hind i'm sure again Barry because of elements, but let's hear uh, where is everybody gone. Chrissy Hines got a great Bond theme voice. Yeah, and the yeah, it it sounds more like a Bond theme. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about this? Uh -huh went to or Living Daylights went to number five in the UK and did not chart in the US because they they were they're a one hit wonder in the US. Yeah, and they the the only reason they went with uh, they were the producers were pleased with Duran's Duran Duran Duran's success, and they felt Aha uh -huh would have more have made more of an impact on the charts. That's why they went with aha over the pretend, yeah, but, uh, pretenders, but pretenders have had more hits and longevity. Yeah. They weren't at the, in, in 1987, they were, they were not at the height of their game and they had not yet come back strong. So they were in that, you know, in that wasteland, but people knew pretenders. I mean, without a doubt. Yeah. And, uh, this is the other song, which is, um, this could have been an opening title scene song too. Though. Yeah, this is used in the end credits. Yeah, this was used in the end, and this is a, if there was a man.
Yeah, I like, but I've always liked both of those Pretender songs, mm-hmm. and um, and I don't dislike the Aha song, but but those Pretenders are way better. Yeah, Where Is Everybody Going would have been a great opening yeah. theme. It's it's kind of, it, it it's got like a little bit of an edgy thing to it. Living Daylights at the uh, at the box office, it cost forty million to make, and it made one hundred and ninety one million. So that's a hit. Yeah, that's a hit. Um, now. Now the next one, License to Kill. This is fun fact. This is the first Bond movie that doesn't take its title from a short story or original Bond novel. This is the first movie that doesn't have that. Okay. And then we can we basically continue that up until Casino Royale and Quantum are both are both stories. So now this um and this does not make any sense to me at all. They. First of all, the the album cover is is not good. Oh, it's horrible! It it's, is so horrible. It's it's just a picture. It's a photoshopped image of Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Dalton's face from like a headshot or that something. It doesn't look like his body. It doesn't look like his hands. Looks tiny. Yeah, he's holding a really small gun. Yeah, um, he has like suspenders on and his no jacket it's, and his ties undone. It's really lame. And then it's, it's like really the lame. worst font. Like this has license to kill. Like really bland it's really bad it's really bad and this is um so now they they use duran duran and they use they use uh-huh, uh-huh. and they and have then, the pretenders do a closing song and then now it's 1989 gladys knight and they they just go back to that they, they always do two and then they kind of go back to that era of like oh yeah. we want it to feel like goldfinger i almost. mean i would have to look at the charts in 1989 but i don't think gladys knight is charting i don't think so either and as my thing says, I mean this. Yeah, this one didn't. This one didn't chart. Nothing. This isn't a bad song though. But, this but it's is, a an odd choice for the time. This is such an unmemorable song though. Yeah, it's it's like they're trying to make a a Goldfinger. I think I think people my age might remember it more because the the kind of intro to this they use in the Goldeneye game. Mm-hmm. We, we, like they use kind of that sound. So like that might be why I kind of remember it more, but yeah. beyond that, it's a very, it's a very safe choice that and the, doesn't do anything. And there's no pips. Nope. Just glance. <laughs> now I will say though, in the UK, it goes to number six. Oh, okay. And us adult contemporary, it goes to number 18. I can honestly tell you, I never heard this song other than in, and oh, this is the first Bond movie I did not go see in the theater. Mm-hmm. I never saw this in the theater. Interesting. Yeah, because I just, I didn't think, I didn't like The Living Daylights. So I, I didn't see this till way, way later on, on VHS. And this is a better movie. Yes, it is. It just doesn't look good. Because they feel, they, <coughs> they feed Felix Leiter to a shark. Mm-hmm. Also, the actor who plays Felix Leiter in this, they, he played Felix Leiter in an earlier Roger Moore movie and they brought mm-hmm. him back. I never understood why they changed the Felix Leiters in every movie back then. Yeah. It it's was, weird. It was weird. It's actually that scene in uh, License to Kill where they, they feed him and he gets, they say uh, he disagreed with something that ate him. 
that's actually in the novel of oh, okay, cool. Live and Let Die. That's what happens like first, and then Felix Leiter isn't killed. But this is the first Bond movie that I feel like if they would have pushed it a little bit more, this one would have been rated R. Well, it's the first PG thirteen rated Bond film, which is okay. part of you know PG thirteen didn't come out till eighty five, but they do they do Felix Light on his on their wedding day they they do that to feel and they they assault his wife. I mean they they I mean yeah. you don't see it. But off camera, she's she's yeah, you know, you know, sexually assaulted. Yeah, that's what I'll say. So but okay. yeah, so it's it's pretty brutal. Like they make the villains like bad. Like you yeah. really hate them. But if the film stock wouldn't look like a TV movie, if it looked like a gritty '70s movie, you'd be like, "What the heck?" Yeah, it just it looks it just looks bad. Okay, let's hear uh, "License to Kill." A bunch of writers on here. Um, Always a great sign. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Anthony Newley has an appearance. Narada, Michael Walden, who and John Barry gets. Do they use like a lot of elements from older things? Maybe. Maybe. Let's listen to "License to Kill." Immediately, it sounds like a Bond film song. Yeah. Here's the deal. License to Kill is a great title of a James Bond movie because mm-hmm. he's got a license to kill. It's a great title of a song. I just think with that title, it needs to be a little more edgier. Yeah. Especially the tone of this film. If this was a Living Daylight song, maybe. and then... Yeah. Because it, it's just, it's it's too bombastic and yeah, it doesn't match... It doesn't match the tone It doesn't of match the film, film yeah. And, uh, and in, 19, in 1989, there are so many big recording artists that you could oh, absolutely. draw from. I mean, so. So um, so Timothy Dalton gets a License to Kill is his best movie, mm-hmm. Living Daylights. I don't really like it at all. I, I can watch elements of it. I, I like it because he's in it, but I don't like that movie. Yeah, it's it feels like it was supposed to be a Roger Moore movie. Yeah. Both which I think um, it was. And both songs are okay. I don't hate them. I don't think they're great. Yeah. Now, we've had a Bond movie almost every two years for the past, since the 70s, basically. Yep, now, it's like, it's, it's almost six like... six years. It's, it's almost like it's it, like it ended. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I, I obviously didn't watch, you know, this came out the year I was born, so I didn't watch, you know, the first one I, I don't even think yeah. I knew about Goldeneye until oh. like... And just so you know, License to Kill, it, it, the budget's $40 million, and it makes $191 million. That's that's a win. Yeah. So I don't know what, and I don't know all the backstory. I don't know what happened, why, 
why there was no more Timothy Dalton or why it, 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 um, I, for some reason, I feel like they were, they were making a third with him and then there was some contract or something that happened because I think that's what, what accounted for the long period is that they were planning on releasing on, I feel like I read that somewhere, but I could be totally wrong. Yeah. So now we're 1995 and now, and they get to, they get well, also at this time. Did you think like, were you like, there's been a bond movie. In I a did while. think that actually, even though I hadn't seen license to kill in the theater, I was still like, no bond movies wouldn't be coming out. I know. So, um, so yeah, it's 1995. They, they get Pierce Brosnan. I think they wanted to get him way earlier in yeah. his career and he couldn't get out of his Remington steel contract. Mm-hmm. So they finally get him. Yeah. The Remington steel contract forbade him from being in a tuxedo and doing anything else but Remington steel. Yeah. Or something like weird. Um, they put gold in the title, which I think, and golden eye is actually the name of, uh, that racist Ian Fleming's estate that he had. He called it golden eye. Oh really? Yeah. So that's why that's where they took the title from, but it's kind of people. It makes people think of Goldfinger. Yep. They they use that they use that 007 logo. They clean it up a little bit. They they uh, italicize it a little bit, so it's a little little cool looking. Um, I don't I don't mind Pierce Brosnan as Bond. I don't mind Pierce Brosnan as Bond either. But I will say I I don't think I'm going out on a limb. He gets the shaft on the theme songs. Yeah, he does. And the the other thing is he's not he's too pretty. Like he, he never gets dirty and broke. Like he just kind of like, well, the, if the first 45 minutes of well, die yeah. another day when he's yeah. been held captive for, yeah. I don't know how long, but I'm talking when he's shooting, he like, yeah. he rolls and then he like, looks like he's in a land's end catalog. Yeah. Like he's just like poised perfectly and his hair looks perfect. Here's the deal with Pierce Brosnan. Cause we've seen him in other movies be tough. Yeah. Here's the deal. When they cast Pierce Brosnan, they didn't make a choice. You had to, you should, they should have made a choice. Is he going to be Roger Moore or is he going to be Timothy Dalton? Or is he going to be, yeah, he can't be, both. He, he can't be both. But I think they thought because he, he can do comedy and he can, mm-hmm. he can be tough. I think they thought he could do both, but they needed to make a choice. And I think they were afraid to make him tough because of Timothy Dalton. I think they felt that that didn't work. So for whatever reason, I, I don't mind his movies die another day. Is 60% bad. Yeah. And, uh, but okay. So I talked about you two earlier. Here's a song written by Bono and the edge. Mm. They get Tina Turner, which makes sense. Tina Turner, even in 1995 is still a global phenomenon. Yeah. And I, I believe I read that they, when they knew that she was coming to sing it, they, they were, really excited and like basically kind of reworked it and rewrote it like for her. Yeah. Which, but now this is another one of those songs. There's not a villain called golden eye. Yeah. Again, like they and the lyric says golden eye. I found his weakness. Yeah. Golden eye. He'll do what I please. There's not a villain named golden. No, it's the, it's the satellite it's the satellite. Thing. They, they like who do the producers not want to leak information or like what do they just yeah. don't care? Because here's a lyric. Like you could say, well, no, Goldeneye found his weakness. They're they're referring to the satellite, like you would refer to like yeah, a boat. Ship as yeah. like a, but then this line, but a bitter kiss will bring him to his knees. Is that supposed to be Bond? No, it's no, it's about Gold. No, it's Goldeneye, blah blah blah. Goldeneye, blah blah blah. Goldeneye, blah blah blah. 
but a bitter kiss. There's, she's singing about Goldeneye. Or, or, or is, I'm just playing devil's advocate, or is it like they're singing like Goldeneye found his weakness? Oh, no, because it's I found his weakness. I just don't like it. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. Uh, and then when I listen to this song, I try to imagine what if you two recorded it? Is it a better song? I don't, I don't think it is, but let's listen to some Goldeneye and then you can comment on the album art. See reflections on the water More than darkness in the depths See him surface and never a shadow On the wind I feel his breath Golden eye, I found his weakness Golden eye, he'll do what I please Golden eye, no time for sweetness But a bitter kiss will bring him to his knees I think if there's a villain named Golden Eye, then then Ooh. I then I might like the song. Yeah. More. What if there was a villain Golden Eye? Like his eyes are like golden. It's just he was born that. Or like you know, or just one eye. Like yeah, just one something. Like they poured gold into his eyes. Yeah, but um, it, I just don't care for that song. No. I mean, uh, I, I just don't. Is it better than the what? Is it better than License to Kill? I don't know. It it's just, it's they're very they're similar to me. They kind of have like that similar, I think Goldeneye is a better version of License to Kill and it fits better with the tone of the movie, but it's still not a great song. Let's listen to this mess that was also on the soundtrack. This is called The Experience of Love by Eric Serra. I know you're <laughs> Maybe you only put 49 songs on that, uh... Is that guy even singing? Looks like he's having an asthma attack. Oh, that's a terrible. Turn it off. Turn it off. What do you think of that album cover? Um, I like it a lot because I'm very... You know, I, I grew up playing the N64 GoldenEye game mm -hmm. constantly. Yeah. And that's the cover of the game. So I love it. Yeah, I like it too. But someone pointed out that the way, the way you see Pierce Brosnan's finger, mm -hmm. how on the trigger lines up with his mouth. Yeah. So people think like they Photoshopped it. So it looks like his mouth is gigantic. Oh, like, yeah. like here's a picture. Oh, that's crazy. It, it really, like if you just type in GoldenEye Big Mouth, like you'll find it in Google Images and it's really funny looking. It's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah. Well, let me tell you, the wait, the wait between Bond movies worked. This cost $60 million to make and this thing made $355 million. Yeah. Uh, directed by Martin Campbell. Uh, yeah. Who goes on to direct uh, Casino Royale. This is the best, without a doubt, this is the best Pierce Brosnan, James yeah. Bond movie. For me, I rank the Pierce Brosnan movies exactly the way they were mm -hmm. released yeah um this well is the no, best. for me i like i think i like world is not enough a little bit better than tomorrow never dies but i don't think it's a better movie i think just personally i like it better i just think michelle yo kicks so much ass 
with Bond as like a partner yeah, in Tomorrow Never that's Dies. That's true. I just, I don't like the villain in Tomorrow Never Dies. He's basically just Steve Jobs. Yeah, he's just a computer guy. But, um, but yeah, so you would just flip flop two and three. Yeah. But, you can but, all, Die Another Day is the worst. GoldenEye is the best. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to argue that. Yeah, and I think... Who's going to argue that? No one is. I feel like... I think World is Not Enough I saw in theaters, but maybe not. Maybe Die Another Day was the first Bond I saw in theaters, but I feel like it was World is Not Enough. I, again, I did not see Goldeneye in the theater. Really, that's that's interesting because you didn't see the last one, and then yeah. yet it would be the first one in... Yeah, and, I, and again, I was... haven't seen in probably almost 10 years. And I, I, was, and I was worried about it. I'm like, where's the Bond movie? I, so I don't know what was happening in... Um, yeah, I, well, I had moved. I had moved to here. I don't know why I didn't see that in the theater, but um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't start back to the theater until mm-hmm. Tomorrow Never Dies. And Goldeneye went to number ten in the UK. The song, yeah. Well, she was uh, Tina Turner was huge, yeah. huge in um, huge, so yeah. So, all right, let's move on to Tomorrow Never Dies. What do you think of that album cover? Um, it's weak. It's it, him, very airbrushed. Yeah, it's kind of generic. He's got a very stubby gun, too. It also looks like his hairline's weird. I know that's a shadow, but it looks yeah. like... Yeah, he's got, a, he's got a great hairline, but yeah, it just looks strange. It looks like they cut out half of that gun so you could see Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, like otherwise it would have been right up her nose. <laughs> like, it, like, yeah, it's weird. Okay, here's where, here's for me where they, this, this song is terrible. Oh, I hate this song. Oh, I hate it. And it's I, and, too long. It's f- almost five minutes long. This is a little... This is the longest song. Yeah. And it's fucking terrible. And I love I love Sheryl Crow. But man, this is a this is a whiff. This is Sheryl Crow and Mitchell Froome, great producer. But this just stinks to high heaven. Let's play this. A Grammy nomination for what? Best song for visual media went to number twelve in the UK. That's a mistake. The other weird thing to me is not that Cheryl Crow isn't a big, a big name because she is. She's a huge name in '95 too. But like height of, height of her game, there I would are say. so many other bands at that time that were gigantic. I'm too, sorry, '97. Yeah. That it's weird because that's not that's not really her style of music no. either. It's just strange. Did it, she write it? What? Yeah, she wrote that with Mitchell Froome, huh. her producer. It's terrible. And here's the big here's a big mistake they made. The song that was up for consideration to be the theme, mm-hmm. 
is called a song called Surrender, recorded by KD Lang. Well, it was originally called Tomorrow Never Dies, and then they changed it to yes. Surrender. And this was submitted, but they didn't choose it. And it was written but it's by... it's at the end credits, I believe. It's at the end credits. But when you hear this, this is a far superior song than what they used. Let's listen to Surrender. Got back to that old classic um, retro sound, but with a, a more contemporary singer. And Katie Lang has, yeah. a, has an amazing voice. So, I mean, is that would that have been a great opening song in 1997? No, it's a little bit too old-fashioned still, but it's way better than yeah. Sheryl Crow's song. Yeah. Way better. Yeah, uh, for sure. I remember, because we this is one we owned, and we'd watch it frequently, that was the only one that we would fast forward through the song at the yeah, beginning. It's terrible. It, Cause it was so bad. Like we were just like, Oh, that like, I don't think I heard that song until I was in the theater and I knew Cheryl Crow did the theme and saw this movie with Pilar and I was super psyched. I'm like, Cheryl Crow did the opening theme. I can't wait to hear it. And I was just like, boy, disappointment. <laughs> go to the bathroom, you go get snacks, you come back in, it's still on. Yeah. Because yep. it's, they don't use the full five minutes because I looked it up because I was like, is this five minute long sequence? No, it's like three, they cut like a minute off, mm -hmm. but it's still the longest sequence. Terrible. It's, and it's nothing. Yep. It's so bad. Uh, it's horrible. Let's move on to The World Is Not Enough. And just looking at this album cover, I think I agree with you. I like this movie better. The villain's better. Yeah, the villain is cool. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, I forget what his name is, but he like he has like a bullet in his head. So he doesn't feel pain. Yeah, and it cuts off his pain receptor, which is how I thought Bane yeah. was going to be in The Dark Knight Rises. And uh, so, but like, so, so he's just getting his... Yeah. There's some cool fist yes, fights in this is. where he's just getting his ass kicked and he's still coming because he can't feel pain. And Sophie Marcel is good in this. She's a villain and she mm -hmm. puts Bond in this thing where she cranks it and it chokes his neck. Yeah, that's and, a cool... And I gotta like, be honest, Denise Richards, she doesn't ruin the movie for me. No, she's okay. Her name is uh, Dr. Christmas, Dr. so he Christmas. can say, it looks like Christmas came early this year after yeah. they're done having sex. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> it's just... Um, is that line really in the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. And that's also in, in, uh, in The Expendables. Uh, yeah, well, he says, uh, Christmas came late this year, and he's like, you're lucky Christmas came at all. And that's after, that's after he makes a Sylvester Stallone uh, have an orgasm, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. After they fuck. So um, uh, what do you think of that, al that album cover? Um, it's good. It's, it's not a, bad. It's a cool, it's more Bond-esque than the yeah. other one. It's got two, uh, two hot ladies on it. It's got an evil villain and, and Pierce Brosnan looks kind of tough. Yeah. And now we, we're going to hear the song, The World Is Not Enough. Um, garbage is not 
in 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 the, in the garbage isn't a band I like. I don't think they're a bad band. I, I respect them. People love them. This um, point in time, any other band from this time period is way more popular than I, garbage. I kind of feel like in 1999. Like, how are the Foo Fighters not asked to do this? You know what I mean? Because they're. You know what's funny is when I watched um, I watched Thor and watching the Marvel movies. And I'm an idiot. I'm watching them in order. Also, yes. you made fun of me the other week for doing this, and then you were like, uh, I'm starting watching those. Yeah, because you know what? I was like, oh, I'm so excited to see the Avengers Infinity War. Is it wars or war? Just one war. Just Infinity War. I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm like, why don't I watch these movies that I haven't seen forever? And when it, I'm the loving end, it. The end credits, when the Foo Fighters song Walk. Rock kicks in, I remember the theater when that kicked in, and I was like, Oh my God. Cause it plays in the bar at one point when they're like having yeah. a, but like, but it really kicks ass. Then it's the end. Yeah. Credits. So yeah, I think the Foo Fighters, I mean, I hate to look, I know we always talk about the Foo Fighters, but they're still a worldwide phenomenon and they would be great doing a Bond film. I really, and and like, I think they would take it serious. Well, there are other people too in 1999 that, that like are way more popular. Like name another garbage song. Like I can't, I, 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 a lay yeah. person cannot, you know, and it's funny because this song is also trash. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear The World's Not Enough written by Don Black and David Arnold. David Arnold is now the guy that's doing, he's the new, um, he's the new John Barry. He does the, he does. Yep, the and score. about as talented. So let's hear it. <laughs> be honest i'm so fucking bored at this point in the song oh it's a snooze let's get to the chorus though i i i honestly believe garbage could have written a better a better song Ooh, yeah. than, than they, they were, they were handed this song and obviously they're going to record it. They're going to say, yeah, to a bond theme. Sure. And not like I like all these bands, but mission impossible two came out a year later than this. And their soundtrack has like Metallica's on it. Yeah. Limp Biscuit. Not that I like them, but they're, you know, yeah. Rob zombie, Foo fighters do a pink Floyd cover with Brian is may it, have a cigar. Yeah. Chris Cornell's on this, you know, God's Mac, but like there are a bunch of people that, and bands Tori Amos is on this that would have done a way better job in the same time period and probably have written a better song or performed it better. It's just a boring song. It's just song. a boring song. And if you're going to do a song like that, then why are you getting a band to do it? Just get a get a singer to do yeah, it. Yeah, who cares? Because it's, It doesn't sound like a garbage song. No, it doesn't. It, maybe it was I just... I mean, it does sound like a garbage song. But maybe, it was just, maybe it was just Shirley Manson and they called it garbage. Who knows? Uh... I, I want to give stats. Uh, I want to go back to Tomorrow Never Dies. This is when the budget of films gets out of control because that budget was $110 million and it makes $355 million, but GoldenEye cost half of this and made the same amount. So yeah, so you're, budget you're just less money. Yeah, ridiculous. And let me see what Tomorrow Never Dies does. 
or not tomorrow. The world is not enough. Um, yeah, but that's a terrible song. Yeah, it's real. It's really. I bet that's one that I bet that's one that some listeners are going to fight for. But I just, um, I don't, uh, I don't get it. Uh, so the world is not enough. It cost one hundred and twenty-five million, and it made three sixty-two. So they're making about the same every time. They're making mm-hmm. tons of money with Brosnan. The budget's going up. Uh, let's cleanse the palate, though, of that of that garbage song. This is another song that's on the World Is Not Enough soundtrack, and this is called uh, Only Myself to Blame by Scott Walker. I've walked way past midnight. It sounds like Richard Cheese. I've driven for days. It's like a joke. This guy can't even sing, right? I've tried to forget in so many ways. How is this even recorded and put to vinyl? This has to be when they're at a party. This has to be when, like, they're at a party and he meets someone. I have no idea. All right, it's just uh, what a all right. Let's let's close out this Pierce Brosnan period with um, the movie is Die Another Day. Everyone, everyone says that this is the worst Pierce Brosnan movie. A lot of people will even say that this is the worst James Bond movie. But I find, again, I find the first 45 minutes to be really cool, and then it falls apart. I would not, if if the next Bond movie opened the same way, I wouldn't hate it. Because I wouldn't wouldn't feel like, because I'd be like, oh, they took the best element of this and then really expanded it. Because Bond has been captured at some point, and he's just being tortured. He has a beard, and he's been gone for... A long time off yeah, the grid. Like a couple of years, they think he's dead. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is. It's really cool. Um, and this, then, it, then it goes off and then they're in like an ice hotel that's driving around. And This movie makes $435 million and the budget's 145. Mm-hmm. I really do and think that Halle Berry um, being on the movie poster in this movie. Yeah, she, I mean, she's, she's huge, huge at the time. Gigantic, yeah. And... They before the movie came out, they were saying, "Hey, we want to make more Bond movies, but you know, timing. We want to make a Jinx, a Jinx movie. character, a Jinx spinoff, which everyone's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. but I guess it's Halle Berry." And then the movie came out, and that just they were like, "Nope." Yep. Now they do get. Uh, now it's funny they get Madonna to do the song. Now it's two thousand two. It's two thousand two. Madonna has been around for twenty years mm-hmm. since nineteen. I think eighty two or eighty three yeah. was her first. So she's been around for a long time, but she's still, it's, she's like Cher. Although why didn't Cher ever do a Bond theme? Uh, yeah, I know. It's crazy. But so when you hear Madonna's going to do a Bond theme, I get it. I get it from a promotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's see what she, she wrote this with a guy called Mirwazi Amadze. I can't pronounce it. Obviously, no one can. Uh, this is Die Another Day. This is shit. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. What is that? People might think I'm slapping on my knees right now. I'm not. That's in the song. Some hand boning in there. And it sounds like it's skipping. Yes. It almost makes me sick. It's like what a strobe light would sound like. This would give you a seizure. (laughs) 
is this is what they're playing when they're torturing Bond. Yes, this is what he said to listen to all those. <laughs> What is that? Did she just say Sigmund Freud? Yeah. Oh. This would be better for the movie. Analyze this. This is turn. This is end credit uh, sequence. Oh, this uh, is it, at best. This is garbage. No, Straight. we just listen oh. to garbage. This is trash. Was this she is, in the opening credit sequence? No, there is a. She's in the movie. She's in the movie, and oh. she won a Razzie. Or no, did she win? No, she was nominated for a Razzie for worst supporting actor in that movie because she like she comes in and she like is wearing like a weird like almost like a hellraiser looking thing i thought th- i thought she i thought she's doing um and she's fencing with fencing him. yeah yeah but when she comes because i looked it up she's wearing like a you know with a uh, pinhead and hellraiser she's yeah. wearing that as a dress yeah it, it's this this is a total whiff yeah it's like i'm sorry pierce brosnan you got the worst <laughs> fucking songs but this went to this went to number eight in the U.S. Because it's no, Madonna. Number three in the U.K. Yep. Golden Globe nomination for best song. Uh, Grammy nomination for best dance uh, recording yep. and best music video, which it's, it's not. And then a Golden Raspberry nomination for the worst song. And oh, and she won for worst supporting actress. Good. The Raspberry. So it is award winning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's close it out. I personally think that we are now closing it out very, very strong because for good, for a good boy, portion of it. Yes. And I think, I think they, um, I think they really take some chances here now. Yeah. They, now it's, this is the, this kind of almost becomes, cause it's like four years. It was three years between the last two movies. And then this is four years in between, mm-hmm. but that time seemed like a long time. Yes. And they bring back Martin Campbell He's gonna reboot. Uh, he's gonna reboot the series again. He he directed the best Bob Brosnan film, mm-hmm. and now he's gonna direct what for me is the best, the best James Bond movie. I, and a lot of people agree with this, and I'm I'm surprised, yeah. but I agree too. And I think a lot of people say like Casino Royale and Goldfinger might be top two because it, it's pretty hard to argue that. But this Casino Royale is better just because what we can now do in, right. in, in movies. Um, if, well, I, if, I were, if, if someone had never seen James Bond movies before, I'd be like, let's watch Goldfinger and then watch Casino Royale because it has a lot of the yeah. same elements without being... And because you can't enjoy Goldfinger after you watch Casino Royale. Well, yeah, it's just so, and, and it's like, okay, the call, they, they use the same you know, they use some of the same tropes and things like that. But I think it's, I think it's a good, like, here's what it was. And then here's what it is now. That's like, and Daniel Craig, he's in, so tough. He's in your Timothy Dalton and um, Sean Connery mold, mm-hmm. but he's the toughest bond because in these bond movies, when he gets hit in the face, he bleeds and he has, a, and he has a cut the next scene. He's yeah. They don't. It's and a not, lot of, and some people don't like that because they're like, Oh, bonds impervious, but it's like, that makes him, to me, that makes him more impervious. When he's beaten up. He has to put makeup on to go back and play cards in this movie. Yeah. When he's like, when his, when his ass is kicked and he's like, you know, bleeding, but still coming, that's scarier than yeah. someone who just like brushes their shoulder and he's, you know, he's yeah. like, he's like, his arm gets broken in one of the movies and like. Yeah, he's, he, he, it's crazy how tough Daniel Craig is. Yeah. And he's not, he's not your typical He's not your typical movie star. Good. He's not good looking the way Pierce Brosnan is. 
Right. Yeah, he's not like a pretty boy, but he's he's good looking. He's, he's good looking. He's charismatic. He can play those comedy moments. He's ripped. Yeah. He's the best built James Bond for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's great. He's it's going to be tough to follow him up with someone else. And that's why they they pushed so hard to get him to do more. Cuz I think it's hard because yeah, they say Tom Hiddleston, he doesn't seem tough to me. He'd no. be a good villain. Here's the thing, whoever follows Daniel Craig no matter who it is, the first scene of that movie, he has to be the toughest James Bond you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's someone that's a little more prettier, like a Tom Hiddleston or someone like that. He's going to have to really kick ass. Yeah. So that's- let's just make it Edris Alba, uh, break down some stereotypes, and and people, and, and he'll be great. Because he, he can play both those roles anyway. Yeah. Those, yeah that's a good person yeah. to cast. So anyway, it's 2006, and they decide that Chris Cornell, the, uh, and by the way, Rock and Peace Chris Cornell, it's so, I mean, he did take his own life, but Shirley Bassey is still alive, mm-hmm. and Chris Cornell is, is yeah. not. And, you know, I, I go on record in saying that when I saw Soundgarden open for Nine Inch Nails, I fell asleep, yeah. which is true, but I really like Chris Cornell's solo work, and I like Audio Slave. And this is great. This song is great. And, and this the, is one of those that I think stands on its own. Yeah, and the opening the opening credit sequence of this movie is terrific. It's really cool. And um, this song really caught me off guard because i got to be honest, I'm not a Chris Cornell Soundgarden fan. So when I heard he was doing it, I was just like, hmm. Uh, this is written by Chris Cornell and David Arnold. And you know my name. It's what a great title. Mm-hmm. Bond, James Bond. You know my name. We yeah. don't even have to tell you. You know who this character and, is. And this is the first time that they have two in a row that aren't the title of the movie. Yep. Let's hear it. This is amazing. Yeah. I love it. Iconic right out of yeah. the box. Chill, it, so great. It, it really sets you up for for what you're going to see. What you're going to see, and it has the same tone as the yeah. movie. The way the way that License to Kill song does not set you up for that movie. Yeah, this you are off and running, and this you 
has a black and white sequence that starts the film. Yeah, because I remember sitting in the theater thinking, because I worked at the theater at the time, I was like, does this, like, what, is something wrong with the projector? Yeah. Why is it in black? Like, I know. And then, like, I, I was like, oh, it's supposed to, like, it's, it's so, like, they're just, like, in your face. This is completely different because mm-hmm. it's very stripped down, too. There's not a lot of gadgets in this. Nope. I think the thing he uses is like a, a really small defibrillator. Yeah. It's like the most gadget he uses. Most of it's playing cards, which sounds boring, but it's not. It's not. Uh, th- is it, I always say this wrong. Is it parkour? Yeah. There's a parkour running sequence in here and a fight. Like right at the beginning or like right, uh, right after the it, theme, basically. It is one of the best action scenes I've ever seen in a James Bond movie. It is amazing. Because the, the guy's like real skinny. So he like, they're running through this kind of like, it's like a construction site. And so this guy like jumps, grabs a bar and like slides through a really small crevice mm-hmm. in the top. And then they just show the wall and Bond just breaks through like he's the Hulk. Yeah. Cause it's this just drywall. It's and he just, just like runs through it. There's, and it's crazy. There's, there's nothing in Casino Royale that doesn't, that doesn't play realistic. Mm-hmm. It, even when they're on these, you know, staggering heights and doing all this stuff, it's not CGI to my eyes. It's they're do some yeah. stuntman's doing this, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, this movie is just phenomenal. It's uh, like when like the at the end of that parkour scene, the guy goes to shoot Bond, and it just he doesn't even flinch, and it's just like two clicks, yeah. and then the guy throws his gun at Bond, and Bond catches it and throws it right back at him. This is a Bond. This <laughs> Daniel Craig's Bond doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, and he really great. doesn't give a fuck. Uh, this movie stays on budget with the with the Brosnan movies. Its budget is one hundred fifty million, and this thing makes uh, five hundred and ninety nine million dollars, yeah. and well deserved. And I, I've seen this movie so many times, I never get sick of this. No, and I, it's one of those where you watch it a ton of times, but then there are parts in it that you forget about. And when you're watching it, like, yeah. oh yeah, this part I forgot about this part. Like, it's exciting and it's cool. Like, I love this movie. And one of the smartest things that they did, and I'm so glad they did it, they were rebooting the whole entire series from basically the beginning, mm-hmm. Bond's beginnings. And thankfully, they kept Judy Dench as M. Yeah. Because she is great. There's kind of like... She's, the, my, she's my favorite Bond girl. Yeah. Judy she, Dench. She's great. And she, um, they give her... She has more to... It's weird because she has more to do in these movies yeah, too. Because they, they give her a bigger role. Because the other, when you see M in the other movies, it's at the beginning and then never mm-hmm. again. This yeah. they they cut her. You see her. There's a scene. I think it's in this movie where she gets a call at home and she's in bed with her husband. Yeah. So you know that M's married and he's asleep and she takes a business call and she's tough. Yeah, like she and she doesn't give a fuck either. Yeah, like and she, she doesn't put up with Bond's shit. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's that. There's that kind of unsaid fan theory that's that, that basically like James Bond isn't a person. It's a code name. Yeah. And then I'm like, fine with that, which is fine. Cause it's like, but it's still, everything's the same. They yeah. keep them the same. So it's like, if they ever did a James Bond movie and called it reunion and had every actor who's ever played bond in it in some capacity, yeah. that would be kind of cool. And, uh, th- that's the other thing that I hope if they're, it, when they do, cause Daniel Craig is just doing one more. Yeah. But when they do find the next person, I do hope that they keep like um, all the other people. Yeah, all Jeffrey the, Wright as as Felix Leiter and yeah, and um, who uh, Ray, Ray Fines is is yeah. M and that kid who plays Q is so cool. Oh, Ben Winshaw, yeah. Because why? Yeah, Q's not an eighty year old guy. That guy doesn't know anything about tech. Q is a is a young kid who knows all about that yeah. stuff. So that was smart. 
And um, Ava Green was a great Bond girl. And and Mads, how do you say it? Mickelson? Mads Mickelson. He's a great villain. He's a perfect. He looks like in real life looks like a Bond villain. He really is. And it was perfect to cast him. So anyway, that this just this movie and song and everything just nails it. So now we move on to Quantum of Solace. This is a movie that you used to hate until I, I, I made used, you watch it again. Yeah, this is one, and admittedly, yeah, like if you don't like this movie, rewatch it because it's not as good as Casino Royale. No, and it's because Mark Forster doesn't know how to shoot action. The, yeah, the, he the, shoots it too too tight. Yeah, the the that's what I was gonna say. The action in it isn't shot well, but the story is great and. Um, and it picks up right where the other movie lifts yeah, it, off, it, it which picks, Bond never does that. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It picks up, it, it picks up, and and it, um, and there are a lot of action sequences that you kind of forget about. Like there was yeah. a whole plane sequence that yep. is a major sequence in the movie that I don't remember at all until I rewatched and that it. That fight on the scaffolding is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely they raise the stakes like the the first one's very safe kind of like a few locations and this one's a lot bigger yeah the budget's 200 million but it paid off because this one still makes 586 yeah. million and yeah you'll watch this and you'll go uh, that wasn't as good as casino royale it, but, but he's but, still great but also if you go in knowing that like if casino royale is a 10 this is probably an eight i i think so and and it's good it's uh it's not it's definitely, you know, better than a lot of the other movies. So yeah. Now, and they go with, um, for the bond thing, they, they choose Jack white and that makes sense in 2008. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense. This guy, he still did. He just had an album out this past Friday yeah. and he writes this song and he, he records it. This is the first duet. Yeah. He records it with Alicia keys, which I think was smart too. Cause she has Jack white is a great musician, mm-hmm. but also a good producer. Yeah. And I think, and he knows, like, oh, you know who would be great for this song? Like, he doesn't mind giving her, like, you know, they sing a duet, but he gives yeah. her, like, he handpicked her because she's a great singer, and he knows that it would make a great song. So, let's and when this came out, I I saw Alicia Keys and Jack White, and I was like, oh boy, I fucking love this song. Yeah, I love it. Let's hear it. This is another way to die. It still sounds like a Bond theme. It, it certainly does. And this, the keys that are coming in here. We'll hear another keys coming That's in That's right. It's all good. It all works. Yeah, and it's instrumental up until this point, but it's great. It's great. They get those strings and those horns yeah. in there, but it's mixed in with this like electronic 
sound yeah. and like there's a guitar and like there's so many elements and it's great and it stands on its own too even though it's very spy oriented yeah. i love and i love these lyrics of just what's in the room yeah a woman walking by a drop in the water a look in the eye a phone on the table a man on your side it's just like they're it, painting a picture very simply it's like they're your bond mm -hmm. and you're looking around and thinking one of two things any one of these things could kill me and i could yeah. kill anyone in here with one of these items like yeah. how am i gonna like you know uh, the album covers from the pad, the past two soundtracks are just, it's just basically the movie poster. Dan cropped. Daniel Crave just looking badass. Yeah. And they're fine. They're cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm really, cause as soon as I heard that song, I was like, Oh, Jack White's going to be the guy. Like yeah. he's just going to be the guy that's going to either co-write or, or produce the next ones mm -hmm. because it's so great. Yep. And then just bring people in. And, um, I think, I think for the the new movie coming up, I think they should go back to him, and I would I would do him and the person for this this next one together. I yeah. think would do a cool kind of retro because he has that like retro yep. feel, but with a kind of a new shine on it. Also, what's cool about these uh, these two Daniel Craig movies on the poster, Casino Royale has. Um, an O in Casino and an O in Royale, and then they put the seven. Mm -hmm. And Quantum of Solace also has an O in Of and mm -hmm. an O in Solace. I, I think what might have hurt Quantum of Solace a little bit also is that is a, a not a great title. No, and it is a title of a short story. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just kind of it's a it's a clunky one to say. Right. Um, also, we didn't really talk about the the one of the biggest marketing mistakes of all time biggest marketing mistake ever they wait how many years between but, but, but besides calling the titanic unsinkable yeah. this is the next one they um they wait they, four they years wait four years and this was released in that, november of 2006 yes okay released that in may of 2007 Seven. that way on the post that was casino royale not yeah, uh, casino yeah. royale you wait till you release that in the summer and then it, it's released in 2007. You fucking dumbasses. <laughs> so, How did they drop the ball on that? I don't know. It's, it's, it's bad. Now, Casino Royale went to number nine, 79 in the US and number seven in the UK. Okay. The, the, uh, the song? You Know My Name. Okay. And it got a Grammy nom for the best song for a visual medium. Okay. Quantum Solace was uh, another rated eyes, went 81 in the US and nine in the UK. Yep. And then it got a Grammy nomination, but for best music video, and that's a, that's a crime. Yeah, I'm pr I'm I'm pre I'm pretty sure I saw these first three three Daniel Craig movies all in London. Definitely yeah, saw right. Casino Royale, and definitely saw Skyfall in London, and I think I saw Quantum in London too. And it's a whole different thing when you see these movies in London. Like people dress up, and like we went to the theater where it, they had the premiere. I mean, it's. It's like it's a it's like not like seeing anything here that I've ever seen in my life because this is this is their thing, this is yeah. England's thing. James Bond is their thing, and it's 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 gigantic for yeah. all these years. You yeah, know, which is we it, haven't had Batman movies for fifty five years. No, they were made one in sixty six, but it's yeah, it's not continuous. It's yeah, not it's not a thing, and they're not. It's not the Percentage same. Percentage-wise, no, not as good. No, it's not the same studio, and it's not the same pr family production, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here we go. Going to move on to Skyfall. 
So after yeah. Quantum, still a big money maker, but still not a t- not the ten the Casino Royale was. Yeah, this one this one I like better than Quantum. This is about oh, a nine, and it's it's very close to a ten for me. A lot of people like this the best and, of his, and I wouldn't argue. Yeah. Like I, I totally understand. Um, and it's great. It's it's really great. I will tell you in the theater. Um, the opening scene is a figure walks. It's it's an unclear figure, walks into the frame and it just goes like, Bada. and then when he walks forward and he's in focus and it's Daniel Craig, the theater in London went fucking crazy. Like yeah. they went like they went crazy and it was um ah it's just so good. How many years was was it between these these two movies? It was two years. No no no. Oh oh I'm sorry four years. Four years. Yeah. So they, they did 2006, 2008, and now it's four years. They get Sam Mendes to direct. We still got the same screenwriters. I think they bring John Logan in on this one. And, um, and who are you going to get in 2012? There's no one bigger than Adele. And, and when I heard it, I was like, oh, like it was kind of like it didn't hit me, but I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, duh. Like obviously she would be the... The person to do, especially because then you're like, okay, you know, you're going to get a modern version of those old style yeah. songs. And this is the, this is the first 50 years later. This is the first time a James Bond song won best song. And, and it deserved a movie. Win. Oscar nominee. Uh, yeah. Oscar winner. It won the golden globes. It uh Grammy mm-hmm. win. So yeah. And it went to number eight in the U S number two in the UK. And what is, um, do I have two cues for this? Yes. Okay. So let's start at the beginning because the beginning, it's just and it's funny with 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 these next two, I used I used the single artwork because mm-hmm. I I just I like it. Yeah. Like literally from and this is this is an iTunes nerd thing. Literally from View to a Kill until until the present, you could use the single artwork. Mm-hmm. But uh, I only do it for these two because uh, I don't know why I like these. Uh, mm-hmm. I like this. But anyway, let's hear. This is written by Adele Atkins and Paul Epworth, and this is, and man, Skyfall, you don't think that you could use that title in a song, and they do it perfectly. Yeah. So let's hear it. We already hit your second cue. So. Did we? Yeah, it was thirty. Hold your breath and count to ten. Feel the earth move and then hear my heart burst again.
good. It's and the lyrics are so great. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they totally nailed it. I mean, yeah, yeah. This this is uh this is this is one of the best. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best songs. One For of the sure. best Bond themes. Easily. Um. Now, before we move on to our next theme, which is for Spectre. Because uh, right now they're three for three. They're three for three. With and and I guess Skyfall is the best, but I like them all equally. Yeah. Like I couldn't I couldn't pick one no. over the other. Like it's it's those three. Goldfinger, just because it's classic mm-hmm. and uh great. Um Spy Who Loved Me, or Nobody Does It Better, and uh, Live and Let Die. Those would be my top six. Yeah. And it's really hard to rank those. It's really hard. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go sideways here for a second. Uh, former, friend, former guest of the show, friend of mine, Heather Stewart, she released an album in 2013 called What It Is, and she's got a song on this album called Black and Blue, which I feel could be a current Bond theme. So okay. I just want to play a little bit of this. It's um, first of all that title, Black yeah. and Blue, works. Yeah, uh, and just uh, I just this just sounds like such a Bond theme to me, and I actually think um, she could have worked the word Spectre into this. Uh, this is all fantasy. Yeah, but let's hear uh, Heather Stewart, Black and Blue. There was a time. Oh yeah. I didn't yeah right. There was a time I didn't care for you I hope someday you'll just be a mystery A shadow that falls on my sunny day Just when it's calm and clear Just when I lose you appear I feel a storm coming in I'm like a wreck, darling Oh, and you knock me out I'm torn in two Black and blue Like if at the end if she would have said instead of black and blue if she would have said the specter of you Yeah That's a Bond theme for me You can buy that on iTunes That's on Heather Stewart's album what it is it's a great album and that song's called black and blue so thank you for letting me digress but yeah that's um i love it mm-hmm. all right here we go we're going to move on to the last james bond film that was uh, released so far 2015 mm-hmm. it's been three years now when's the next one they didn't even yeah. start filming it no uh so is it going to be 2020 i don't know because yeah like that would be that'd be a long long time Thank you. you know, that'd be, I mean, f- five years, you know, it, I mean, part of me is like, uh, what if it was just like this November, like just all of a sudden they were just but, like, but we would have seen stills yeah, or something so, from the internet. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a long, long ways off still. And by the way, Skyfall makes uh, a, a billion, a billion dollars. Oh yeah. One billion, one hundred thousand dollars. I mean, n- no Bond film is ever going to, going to top that i mean it's just not gonna you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um so specter comes out it's uh it's a great title 
Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, classic from the uh, from you know that's the villain organization. Yep. I like the I like the I like the imagery with the um, Day of the Dead type stuff that they're using. Yeah, the beginning is cool. The, the that beginning sequence is cool. And it's it, really cool. And they do some more comedy in this movie a little bit. They start to camp it up. There's a little Roger Moore creeping in here. But it kind it kind of works. Like when he falls, like there's one part where he falls on a couch. He yeah. falls through a floor and just like lands on a couch. Yeah. And it's like kind of like, oh, uh. yeah. But it's not. But it, it works in that sense. They're definitely doing something different. They're they're it's, they're doing an homage to things. They're they're mm-hmm. doing. They're doing. And there was a little different. of that in in Skyfall with the car. Yeah, this car is the same car from uh, Goldfinger. Yeah, but. But this is a little this is a little more over the top, maybe a little more heavy handed. A little winking at the yes, camera. A little this, winking at the camera. This is not my favorite. This is definitely the my least favorite of the Daniel Craig ones. So well, I far. like this better than Quantum of Solace because I feel that some of these set pieces are pretty pretty great. And I do like uh, I, I really like Dave Batista in this. Yeah. And I bring him back. I, I, I bring him he, back. I don't think he I don't died. Think he died. Um, I like Monica Bellucci in this. I like Ray yeah. Fiennes. Um, this movie makes $880 million. It's the second highest grossing Bond film. Christoph Waltz, for me, isn't great in this movie. No, he couldn't. And, he and could. they did the same thing they did with Star Trek Into Darkness, where they, everyone knew he was going to be Blofeld. Yeah. But they just said, like, no, he's not. not Blofeld. But it's, come on, just say he's Blofeld. Like, who cares? And did Blofeld die at the end of this movie? Mm, there's just, like it's like kind of ambiguous because there's like an explosion yeah. but they don't show him die sort of thing so there's this movie this movie has some problems uh, yes and i think a lot of people do put this i don't think they give quantum a chance so they might put that last but mm-hmm. i think a lot of people but i enjoy this movie i really do yeah, yeah I, I don't i don't dislike it it's by it's by no means it's better than the pierce brosnan movies oh yeah i mean it's mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not a it's not horrible. But anyway, um, I feel they could have worked that word, the word Spectre, into well. The there song is title. a Radiohead song that's wait they they dismissed because it was way too slow, which I agree. But yeah. it, they called it Spectre. Um, okay, but it's not very good. All right, so we get Sam Smith, who is um who's a big star at this point. Yeah, they really got they got a guy who's a big star. For me, he sings in that. That falsetto sometimes is a bit too much. I, I think this would have really benefited from another duet mm-hmm. with him and either Adele or someone similar because I don't think he has the gravitas at mm-hmm. points to sing these these words. And he famously boasted that he wrote this these lyrics in 20 minutes, which first off... I don't like when people say that. Don't say that. Yeah, don't say that. Because, because this one... Sounds like it. But I, I like some of the, like, I like this one break where it says, how do I live? How do I breathe? When you're not here, I'm suffocating. I want to feel love run through my blood. Tell me, is this where I give it all up? I mean, I like. Yeah, there are parts, but it's, it's as a song, I, it doesn't work for me. I don't uh, like it as a song. This um, is the weakest of these four. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I uh, it, this has grown on me over the years, though. Uh, Following Adele is extremely difficult. This is the... Okay, now now for comparison, Skyfall went to number eight in the U.S. This went to number 71 in the U.S. This is the first time a Bond song has ever been a number one single in the U.K. And this won the Academy Award. 
Yeah. Well, I because I was like, oh, really? But then I looked. Here's what it was up against. Something from Fifty Shades of Grey. Nope. Something from a movie called Racing Extinction. Oh, fantastic. Something from a movie called Youth. All right. And uh, a Lady Gaga, Diane Warren song, Hunting Ground. That one probably should have won. That was Till It Happens mm-hmm. to You. But yeah, this... Like, obvious, uh, compared to those other three, it's only, it's only really between two, and mm-hmm. I guess... Well, let's hear it. And again, I don't hate this song, and I, li- I like some of the lyrics. Uh, the falsetto thing is um, not my favorite thing, but let's hear, uh, let's hear Writings on the Wall. Again, they bonded up immediately. Oh, yeah. I don't hate it. I think, I think, uh, and I don't mind Sam Smith, but I think like if Adele sang that, I think I'd be but, loving yeah, that, it. Yeah. That's the problem. They went, they, they always do. They do this where it's like, they good, good. Everything's on track. And then they kind of go with like a weird safe choice. Yeah. But he it's is just kind of like wildly popular at this point. Yeah. But it's just, it's a lazy song. It's just like, it doesn't like some of those lyrics, but I like the lyrics too, but it doesn't musically doesn't go Mm -hmm. anywhere. It's just kind of that same, like just going on and that like Skyfall has a real, uh, is it crescendo? Yeah. Crescendos and like, they're different. This is just like, he's, I mean, he hits high notes, but musically it's just like that same, just over and over violins and Mm -hmm. strings and that the piano, it doesn't go anywhere. Well, I'm uh, so again, we, the first three are all, tied for us with with skyfall problem is the best of the three yeah. this is the the weakest and yet not as weak as some of the stuff oh we, yeah. some of the i mean it kills any brosnan one yeah i mean for sure come on but um but that's it how now how long did this we thought we would do this in <laughs> two hours. hours look these mar- we don't mean for the show to be three hours long 
I like 90 minutes, but come on. How many Bond movies are there? 25. So we're going to play 37 songs so far. So, and we had to talk about this stuff. So look, listen in two parts. If you so choose, there's a pause button. There's a fast forward button. You can listen at various speeds, but it's um, free. You don't have to listen. I mean, it didn't seem like three hours to me. No, I was like, Oh, three hours. I know. I looked over. I'm like, Oh boy, we're at two twenty. So anyway, so apologies to anyone who doesn't like, and apologies or Bond anyone, themes. Apolog- yeah, apologies to anyone who doesn't like Bond themes. Uh, I feel like we might get some more listeners on new listeners from this episode. This I'm might gonna, be like the gateway. Because I'm going to tag, pardon my language, I'm going to tag the fuck out of this. Um, go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about Rock Solid. Kyle is at Kyle.SonFunny on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I am at Pat underscore Francis on tr- Twitter. We are at Rock Solid Show on Twitter. Patreon is patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast. If I could get uh, a fourth of the listeners to go for two bucks um, a month, I'd never talk about it again. Uh, $5 tier right now. really came down from that. All every listener to just a fourth of them. Fourth of the listeners. Cause we have more listeners now. No, that's true. Um, $5 tier. Now there's a new thing added. You get the complete database that was made, uh, created by listener Carrie Scott. Carrie did an amazing job. I say it was a complete database. She'll say that there's some holes there. I'm telling you, this thing is amazing. Almost every episode up to the present, it says the co-hosts, the topic, the songs. Mm-hmm. It is really impressive. I mean, if you're one of those people that are like, oh, I wish I knew what songs they played on this and that, check it out. Mm-hmm. Really check it yeah, out. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's good to kind of see like, oh, we've played this like 10 times. Yeah, you can see songs that maybe Pat has played more than, I mean, I think I played Cheap Tricks. I can't take it many, many times. Uh, Also, um, a big shout out to uh, Joe Van Overberg, Joey Notes, and Donna Neal. These are the people that are doing the notes, and you can find Mm -hmm. a link to their notes just by going to rocksolidpodcast.com. Okay, we're going to close this out with uh, a remix of the James Bond theme done by Moby. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool, and it's uh, it's kind of fun, and he incorporates some dialogue in there from some movies, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. So thank you for indulging us. The next James Bond movie, when they have a brand new theme song, we'll do it all over again from the beginning. <laughs> no, we will just uh, we will just uh, talk about the new yeah. Bond theme at the top of whatever that show is, and I hope it's sooner rather than two twenty one, yeah, or twenty one twelve, yeah. Let's hear Moby. Thank you, Kyle. Yep. Thanks. Bond. James Bond.